Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the NFL Scotland podcast and the second annual Pishcast. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. We are joined by a rogues gallery of Christmas Grinches. Jimmy Borthwick, Charles Patterson, Gordon McGuinness and Ian Stephen. Welcome, gentlemen. Good evening. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a lacklustre, flat start. (laughs) Clearly the Christmas hangover uh, is still ringing through. Um, Can can I ask a question um, just to clarify something? Uh, Cameron, why were you moving your hand up and down during that introduction like you're Mariah Carey in the recording booth? <laughs> That's my mojo, man. That's how I get my, into my rhythm. Yeah, just until you see me dancing later on. Honestly, I do squats sometimes because I'm at a standing desk as I do this. and You might just see me disappear. I just do my squats, keep myself warmed up. You know, just, There's a nimbleness required in hosting these podcasts. And uh yeah, that's my routine. I would like. I like to think you're actually a, a, just a normal desk, and you're just incredibly <laughs> short. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not necessarily false. Um, so, gentlemen, we get together for the second annual. We we did this last year. It proved quite popular. People really enjoyed it. People engaged with it. Um, what we've done is we we've decided to do it again. You may have heard the advert that we pulled together that had just a couple of nuggets from some of the crap we talked last year. We're going to talk a whole lot more. Basically, the difference between this and another podcast that we do are just purely that we're in the Christmas spirit. Uh, Christmas is done and dusted. We're, we're all sitting with something alcoholic in front of us. We're not hammered. Drink responsibly. But we, we've had enough to lubricate, uh, get the conversation flowing. Uh, and what we plan to do is sit down and just rattle through some questions. Uh, if you listened in last year, Charles did a quiz. Uh, we think he's done one again this year. He's currently buggered off from his computer, so goodness only knows. But... Um, <coughs> Uh, once he returns, I, 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 I've just just to check. I've actually just spilt my whiskey, so <laughs> hang on a minute. God, God. So f- fascinating start. Uh, we're off to a flyer, Paul. I, and I would like to point out, Cameron, that I have yet to taste any alcohol this <laughs> evening, but I do have some alcohol ready if need be. I've got an emergency alcohol right here. It's so, just landed on my son's Christmas present, so I need to tidy it up. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> so Charles will dip out for a minute while he goes and sorts that out. <laughs> Um, while he's doing that, why don't we go around and just what are we drinking this evening, Paul? What is your alcohol when you need to turn to it? Uh, my alcohol is let the cold wave crash into you. This is an awakening amid the seas of a monolithic yellow liquid. Occasionally, a new wave will break a wave of hop forward, citrusy, unpatronized, and refined dry hop pilsner made from new German hops. It's called Cold Wave. He, he asked what alcohol you're drinking, not can you read the opening chapter to War and Peace. <laughs> hey, I like War and Peace. He's a nice guy. Um, so, yes, no, it's, it's ready. It's ready to go. It is unfiltered, unpasteurized. It's been kept cold and ready to open. As soon as somebody says something stupid, I'm opening the beer, okay? So it shouldn't take long. James, what's the, the future of the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> That's actually quite, that's actually quite intelligent. That's that's a that's a very <laughs> profound and uh, articulate statement. You need to reseal that beer, Paul. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Anyone as well? Anyone that knows Paul as well? Paul's not a massive drinker at the best of times. So that that's a big can he's got. See, by the end of that, you're going to be absolutely. We're saying drink responsibly. Don't don't you be down in that. Um, it's, not, okay. it's just going to be really small hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, I've got an IPA and I've got a 12-year-old malt. Um, 
when both can be replenished. Uh, absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, Gordon? Uh, so I have gone for, uh, I think it's like a double IPA. And then I also have, was going to go for a 12-year-old single malt. But with the way the Raven season is going, I've gone for Jack Daniels Tennessee Apple, which unfortunately, like the Ravens last month, is a bit stinking. But it'll be <laughs> Ian, what's your tipple of the evening? I'm actually currently uh, drinking uh, filtered Ed Hockley's urine. <laughs> 60% proof. Yes. Uh, I have uh, a very, very nice glass of uh, Francis Kainer Weiss beer. Nice, nice. And Charles, uh, now that you seem to have composed yourself, what is it? Uh, what, now that the whiskey's on the floor, what are you drinking? His son's tears. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to f- refill the glass. It was an Aberlour, 10-year-old, but it's now all over the carpet. Um, and if my wife's listening, sorry, I don't actually know how to get whiskey out of the carpet. But um, there's all, there is a... Be- I'm going to have to go and re- refill. This is terrible. Um, you just lick, have you got, lick have you the carpet. Dog? Yeah, have you got a dog, Charles? No, we don't. We've got two cats, though, so... Just sprinkle some tuna on top of it. Nah, they're, they're more interested. They're more interested in being on the podcast than they are in uh, licking whiskey off the floor. So did, I do uh, have an IPA here with me, but I'm going to have to go and get another whiskey. That's an absolutely shambolic right. start. You go and did you, you go and sort yourself out, and we'll, we'll hang on, hang on. Before before he goes, did you choose the ten year old? Because that is the year of his career that Jordan Love will officially become the Packers' starting quarterback. Um, no, it's because it was the bottle at the front of the shelf. I don't actually. Um, think too deeply i love the fact that you had a nice 12 year old initially for um, a number 12 but um, so what you're saying charles is that you didn't really have to reach early unlike the packers who made a ridiculous reach for jordan love a couple of years ago <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah dear me wait until the quiz i'll get my revenge is it just 10 questions about jordan love that no one's going to know any of the answers to <laughs> you get them all right you yeah. win a burger yeah um, right, you go and top yourself up, and I am also drinking uh, pale ale this evening. I, I feel like it's it's the best for chatting away and having a sip and enjoying it. Um, I might sit and enjoy myself a, a nice single malt afterwards when it's done and dusted and I have to edit this crap together, but um, as I intend to be prattling on for a while, um, it's lovely pale ales. Keep me going. You've, you have quaffed plenty of um, single malts during the course of previous podcasts. I have. I think. I have. I say. do. I say I do like I I like to if I'm having a single malt I like to have one or two and enjoy it. I think if you're if you're in any way tipsy the single malt's lost on you. I think what Gordon's doing there with his um rotten bourbon is probably the right thing to do. Have that when you can't really taste things. Fine, go for it. But um a lovely single malt should be savored and enjoyed. Anyway, right. Drink, um drink your whiskey however you want to drink it. If indeed. you want to down an entire bottle, well, don't down an entire no. bottle cuz no. <laughs> Drink, respons- drink responsibly. <laughs> drink responsibly. If, if you're a little bit yeah. drunk and you're having a single malt, that's fine. Mix it, it with whatever you want to mix it with. It's Don't perfectly like okay if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan wallowing in misery or a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Period. I, I don't. I don't know as, how many times. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this, Charles. There's no wallowing in misery. As soon as Marlon Humphrey went down, this season was vibes only. You're for the banter. Matters at this point. <laughs> Nothing else matters. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. I know they're not going to win the Super Bowl. This is freeing. As I said in the chat the other day, it's nice to know how free and Jamie finds the NFL every December. <laughs> Harsh, but ja- true. Jamie, is it just December you feel this in, or is it slightly earlier in the year? 
Uh, and December's when when it, it it goes from sort of ennui to to just not watching anymore. <laughs> Jamie, how many how many Super Bowls have the Giants won in your lifetime? Quite a few. Four. And how many uh, Super Bowls have the Ravens won in Gordon's pathetic lifetime? <laughs> Two. Would would like to point out we're not a team until nineteen ninety six. That's no no excuse, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> so for that wonderful win, Jamie, we will award you a medium diet coke. Because that's the traditional New York giveaway of celebration and thank you to their season ticket holders for the season. So redeem the coupon when you get a chance. Oh, I wonder how many of them actually did go and get their, their medium soft drink. Do you know what? See, if, if I'm getting that as a freebie, I'm taking it. It's crap, but because I'm, I'm, I'm now 100% taking it. If you give me something decent, I'll be like, ah, do you know what? It's fine. That's a nice thing to do, but I'll leave it. This is a piece of crap. I'm absolutely taking that medium soda. Too right. I'll enjoy it and then tip it on the floor. Um, right, let's get straight into questions because we've had a bunch of questions submitted and I think we'll work through these as the evening goes on. We'll interject. There'll be lots of conversations. Simply, Stephen Bryson comes in early. Of a 32-man Royal Rumble, which NFL coach is winning? Be Dan uh, Campbell, surely. Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell's got to be up there. R- Robert Saleh. Robert Salas, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You could make Vrabel as well. It's got to be Cam- it'll be Campbell if Vrabel's the final two. I think. But, but yeah. wait a minute, who's the who's the biggest heel in the NFL though? Belichick. Got Belichick. Belichick. No, Belichick. Yeah. Belichick would use the dirty tack. Yeah, yeah Belichick would hold the bottom rope. He'd hold the bottom rope for the entire yeah. rumble. No, and no. But Be- Belichick would Belichick would slide under the under the bottom rope, hide under the ring, and then at the last minute pop up and. <laughs> So Vrabel thinks he's won it, and then Belichick comes out from under the tarp, grabs him, top clothesline over the top rope. It's Belich- Belichick's just going to outsmart them. He's he's going to uh, do nothing, whereas, eliminate nobody by the last I, person. I think what he's going to do, what he's going to do when it's done the final two, Brady pops out the crowd and just points <laughs> at Vrabel enough to confuse Vrabel, and Belichick just grabs his legs and chucks him over, and then that's it. Whereas Ur- Urban Meyer's the guy who bombs it down, sprints into the ring, and then gets clotheslined. Urban, the Urban Meyer comes down with the <laughs> Urban, Urban Meyer comes down with the Godfather's intro from 1999, <laughs> with like 12 holes all grinding on his crotch. And I, I'd like to think that Andy Reid and Bruce Arians would be like a modern day natural disasters. The they, they would, would be quite and a good, up together. They would um, be quite a good tag team, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's that's there. That's taking some effort to get the two of them over the top rope. I tell you, they team up, you've got troubles. You've definitely got troubles. But the only way they I, I can tag out Bruce Arians. No, no. The only way you can tag out if Bruce Arians takes off that contraption that he has over his body that carries all his headset microphone. Is he the only coach that wears an over the over the body one? Everybody else has got it clipped on their belt. He looks like he's going to the mall afterwards. So speaking speaking of malls, I've actually got your winner. So here's what happens in the NFL head coach Royal Rumble. Sean Payton comes down the ring early, gets eliminated. Sean Payton late on reappears again and wins, the, and everyone's no, everyone can, can't understand this at all. Turns out it was just his absolute doppelganger, Kevin James, <laughs> film that was the first Sean Payton, and no one can tell the difference between the two of them. Wouldn't Sean Payton hire hitmen in order to take everybody out for a bounty? Yeah, allegedly, and then yeah, he would win Sean, it by default. Sean Payton would be the million-dollar man paying everybody else to do the fighting for him. 
allegedly. I love, I love the doink uh, references. It's that double, the double doink situation as well, where you've got Kevin James and Sean Payton in the ring at the same time, going, "Hang on a minute, hang on a minute." <laughs> Good question, like that. Uh, right, well, Paul, Paul, is this going? All of this going completely over your head? No, no, I'm up to date with modern culture. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, there you go, Stephen. Um, who would win the coaches' Royal Rumble? <laughs> Take your pick. We'll put a number of suggestions there. I still think it's Belichick. Belichick. Yeah, it's smart Belichick. Ball. Belichick cheats. Belichick cheats at the end. He Absolutely. Does it. It's got to be. Got to be. Definitely. Definitely. So we have just had week sixteen done and dusted. COVID fully taken over the league. Lots of things being sorted out, lots of fascinating storylines. P- pretty much every team bar three in the AFC are vying for a playoff position. The NFC less so, the few teams eliminated. What were your sort of headlines coming out of week 16? What did you enjoy the most? I, actually, I'll take the, a moment here just to say, normally at this point in the podcast, we would talk about rewards. We're going to do a separate podcast this week where we specifically talk about the awards. So we'll we'll cover that stuff. But other than that, what are the sort of headlines? What are your t- big takeaways? Um, Can I just say, I think my big headline from week 16 was that I just did not like it. I, watching the Ravens-Bengals game on Sunday, I had a terrible time. Yeah, but, but that's because it's because your team got hosed. Like, Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow threw for 525 yards, the fourth <laughs> most in NFL history. I think not, Joe Burrow had a great time. Not not having a good day at all. Not having a great day. <laughs> is, is the, is the, the, not the top... Um, a record not like from like the 1950s of uh, yards in a game something, not, something like that is it not something like Norm Van Brocklin in the 1950s yes. yeah, yeah yeah I think so and the you only kind of pseudo record was Damien Craig for the, the Claymores <laughs> the, the good news for the Ravens as well is they now this week get to deal with Cooper Cup at wide receiver so that's a, that's another record waiting to happen Kudos to the Ra- kudos to the Ravens for accepting the shithousery of the, the Bengals continuing to throw so, uh, with five minutes to go, but, I but think did you not, John Harbord is very well it? to accept that that was totally acceptable. Pro Football <laughs> Talk tried to turn it into this thing that was like a genuine, like at the end of the game, because Pro Football Talk, the Mike Florio out there was raging when the Ravens ran against the Broncos to extend the record earlier this year. So at the end of the game, he started talking about how at the end of the game, Harbaugh went up to Zach Taylor and he looked quite animated as he was shaking his hand. And he spoke to Harbaugh after the game and someone asked him and he was like, nope, it's fine. He spoke to Zach Taylor. Oh, was John Harbour really annoyed you kept throwing? He was like, nope. Oh, okay. Well, there's your there's your controversy <laughs> and there. And rightly so, Joe Burrow came out. And actually, again, we'll talk about the performance in the awards pod, I'm sure. But he came out and said, of course you keep throwing. This isn't Little League. This isn't anything else. You, you're going out there to keep playing and keep performing. You're the best of the best. And you want to beat your opposition. Um, because a, a doing like that has a knock-on effect to your rivals as well, because you're trying to knock the wind out of their sails. So absolutely, so, you knock the, as much wind out of your, especially when it's a division rival. Of course you when, do. When we've talked about the Bengals earlier this year, I've said that the one thing that worries me about them is that Zach Taylor doesn't commit to passing the ball enough. And going into this game, the one thing that gave me hope was despite the fact that the Ravens' defensive backfield decimated, I didn't think they were going to throw the ball that much. Zach Taylor threw the ball in like 72% of first downs or something like that. Like they went into that game and they knew this is where the Ravens' weakness is because of injuries, we're going to attack it. And they attacked it all game long. So, you know, you simply have to say fair play. Another thing that we had this weekend was uh, a weather game. We had a snow game in Seattle. 
which we talked about this earlier in the season, and we talked about the wind game ruining what was a great division rivalry. This snow game elevated the Seahawks pairs because it was a pish game that nobody cared about. And actually what it did was it made it fascinating and interesting. And, uh, and DK Metcalf absolutely blew up right at the beginning. And I thought, oh, hang on, this is this. And I'd said to, I was up against him in one of my fantasy leagues. Um, and the person that I was playing, I'd sort of sent him a message saying, I think this is a game where DK Metcalf could actually go off because he's a big unit. He's a big target in the snow. Brilliant. Hit him. Hit him all day long. And then Russell Wilson never really hit him again. However... Next question comes from Chris Breen. Is Nick Foles the most clutch quarterback in the game? He asks. <laughs> That's a little bit of a stretch, I would say. He's the most clutch shit quarterback in the game. <laughs> a player who is able to achieve success at a critical high-pressure point in a competition. Is he the most clutch quarterback? He's oh, not, just he's like every really elite quarterback in the league. What was critical about Sunday night for the Bears? I, don't know <laughs> I mean, come on! If if you oh, if he was a clutch quarter if he was if he was a clutch quarterback, he would have done the decent thing for the sh- city of Chicago and thrown interceptions and get rid of Matt Nagy even quicker. Mm. The shit, how serious there is he's he's would helping to try and keep him there. Apparently, they're not getting the Giants a higher pick. <laughs> and, well, I, we I said this about five or six weeks ago. My sincere hope was that the Bears would continue to win and keep Matt Nagy, and that's what they did on the weekend. It's brilliant. And go J- Demir Bird's catch for the two point conversion, absolutely sensational. That was nothing to do with Nick Foles. That pass was way too high into double coverage. That was a brilliant catch. So I don't know. I mean, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl as a backup. You got to hand it to him that that was a terrific piece of uh, business. But he went to Jacksonville. It was an absolute shambles. So he's not. I don't think you can I, say. Clutch. I don't know how genuine we're, we're, a question this is. To be fair, uh, I don't you, think. You know, yeah, I don't think. This, this is not a shit-uttering question. Is it? Use Jacksonville as an example. No, anybody, anybody would go to Jacksonville and be an absolute shambles. He's the. He's maybe the streakiest um, quarterback in NFL history because he was about to throw the most passes in a single game until Chip Kelly didn't realise and took him out of the game. That was yeah. against the Raiders. And then he goes in like one of the best um, three, three game tears or even two game tears in the Eagles uh, Super Bowl season. He was phenomenal in the championship game in the Super Bowl. But um, he's also been unlucky with injuries. He's had quite a few uh, shoulder injuries. But I wouldn't say he was uh, clutch. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use that to describe him. I mean, Streak, I'd probably, streaky, yeah. I'd probably describe him as the luckiest quarterback in NFL history before I'd call him clutch. And I think lucky would be a little bit harsh. Saying he was very good in that Super Bowl run, but clutch is very generous. Side note: I've done a Charles, by the way. I had a, yeah, we heard. Gla- we picked that up. <laughs> I had, a, had a glass of water next to me. I poured it all over my keyboard. <laughs> of, to, uh, the water, not the the water, not the whiskey. So that's at least one plus. Oh. Do you need a moment? No, I'll be fine. Right, I'm fine. not. I'm not like. I'm unlike Charles. I'm a professional. I can handle this. The show goes <laughs> on. The show goes on. It's fine. Ross Black comes in with a question. Coming back to the coaches, let's stick with that. Which NFL head coach would be the most entertaining whilst pished? <laughs> Is the answer Bill Belichick again? I don't think he's ever been drunk. I don't think he's incapable uh, of being drunk. <laughs> That doesn't make him a bad person. Nobody come said on. it did. <laughs> no, come on. It was, it was, there was a bit of inference coming there. Did you see the um, the polite put down to the reporter who asked him the question about what his um, resolution. resolution was? He oh. said, "Sorry, I don't. I don't think I can answer that at this moment in time." <laughs> I, guess, I think you'll I find yourself when you can't urban shagger anymore. I don't know. I think you know, Andy Rich could probably get a little bit wild. 
you know, you just get that get that feeling. Um, yeah, I think the, the Sean, Sean McVeigh. Sean McVeigh would take about one beer before he was pished. There's nothing of him. Oh, I think he'd be an absolute bore, though. Yeah, I I think the same. I to be honest, he would I just bore that, you with statistics. If you're talking about the <laughs> NFC West, actually, the most entertaining I bet would be Pete Carroll. I, I think yes. the other three would be shite. The other three would take you to a cocktail bar. You'd have one cocktail that was like 20 quid. You'd have a chat about how great they were and you'd talk about why they weren't wearing fucking socks that night. Pete Car- Carroll would be... Pete Carroll would have his top off and he'd be in his pants two rounds in and he'd be running around the bar. It would be high entertainment. There would be chairs flying. There would be nonsense. I genuinely think Pete Carroll would be great value out of that division. Oh my God, it's the New Orleans trip all over again with Cameron. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, I've seen the house he lives in because mm. the, the Cardinals have shared it on yeah, social media. Yeah, it's all cocktails and no socks. Yeah, but I've seen his house. I'm not paying for those cocktails. He's paying for them. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> so I don't know. Got... People people have that people have that kind of house. They they get other people to pay for things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. I think um the, the, actually the one you'd want to go to at the end of this season would probably be David Cully, the the Houston Texans head coach, because he knows he's losing his job. And he would probably have a massive payoff quite soon heading his way. He'll just I don't think he is. I don't think Cully's losing his job either. Mm. He's he's done a great job this year. They, were, <laughs> they won a couple of games and were competitive. I've seen I that think, roster. They're I think he's right. a goner. I think there's a lot of them that are a goner, but uh you want you want the one that's getting the biggest payoff so that they buy you all the drinks. I think um, Mike Zimmer might be good value as well. Uh, I think Mike Zimmer could be good. Oh, he's he's an angry he's an angry drunk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, there's going to be trouble with Zimmer. There's definitely going to be trouble with Zimmer out. Let's see. He, he would just complain about people that have got uh, hair that's too long. He doesn't <laughs> like he doesn't like sideburns on a night out. No, he he'd be the guy that would accuse you of looking at his girlfriend, and given that she, you know she's a Maxim model from Australia, you know he's probably quite chippy about that. He's probably so right. I, I, he's probably he's right. probably right, <laughs> but we 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 bit chippy about it at the same time. Any other submissions? Is there a clear standout here? Is there anyone better than Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll is the right answer here. Uh, you might be right. I, I think. Dan Dan Campbell yeah. might be a hard hard one to keep. Oh Dan, no, Dan he'll just well. start crying. He'll just start crying. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, maybe Matt Lafleur. Let's let's give Charles' team a little bit of love here. Matt Lafleur is <laughs> not. He's a three beer and he's away home. Yeah, type. he's okay, yeah. Okay, he'll be in bed okay. by nine fifteen. But, yeah. but three three beers. Get him three beers in. Matt, what, what's your honest opinion of Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine, okay. Value the conversation. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Problem is that he wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to go out for a drink with him in Green Bay because everybody in Green Bay would be following you down the street and finding out what Matt LaFleur is going to be saying about Aaron Rodgers in the bar. And Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be in the bar with his three fingers of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> or like some... Green tea hemp thing. <laughs> now, as we've we'll bring it back to football. As we've already touched on this, well, let's continue this bit and round off the head coach conversation. Robin Lawrence asks, "Who could be a surprise head coach sacking head coach sacking contender at the end of the season?" I've got a different follow up question to this, which is also then, who is going to be a surprise that they don't get sacked? at the end of the season. So who's a surprise that they could get sacked and who's going to be a surprise if they don't get sacked? Sean McVeigh. 
to get sacked. Could get sacked. You yeah. think? You think yeah. they sack no. yeah. If they if they if they're not successful in at least one playoff game, they've got no. too too much talent there. Too much talent. You you want a hot take? That's a that's a potential hot take. There you go. I'd, I would say Mike McCarthy actually along the similar lines. If they go one and done in the playoffs, I think you could see Jerry Jones promoting Kellen Moore. Uh, Kellen rather Moore, than rather mm, than lose him, yeah. The Jags yeah. have already requested. I mean, the Jags are requesting to speak to everyone. They're asking to speak to the Packers' offensive coordinator as well. But Kellen Moore very much going to be on the agenda for teams. Uh, Mike McCarthy's turned the Cowboys round, though. I'd be no, he's not. He is uh, absolutely not. He is. He he succeeded up to a point in Green Bay in despite. Despite his his flaws, he never hired a decent defensive coordinator in his life. And then two seasons of shamble coaching, that meant he was out the door and he talked his way into the to the Dallas job. There's no doubt about he, it. He, he couldn't couldn't hire a decent de- defensive coordinator in Green Bay. However, whatever they've got going on defense in Dallas just now means they might have a rookie becoming defensive player of the year. Well, that's well. That, I think that's all for Dan Quinn, and that's why Dan Quinn's being interviewed by um, Jacksonville as well. Dan Quinn is a terrific defensive coordinator, maybe not a great head coach. But I really, I really hope if Quinn goes, if Quinn gets another head coaching job, and I think he absolutely deserves it. I really hope mm. it's not Jacksonville because he yeah. won't be successful in Jacksonville, and that'll kill any head coaching opportunity. He, he, he could be a good shout for Chicago actually, because Chicago have got pieces there. But um, McCarthy, McCarthy is very out of date as a head coach and I think that they are succeeding not because of Mike McCarthy they're succeeding because of the talent they've got in that yeah in that last league. year we were talking about Mike McCarthy being on a right shugly peg because they had no defence whatsoever and they they always think get lucky because that's just me hating the Cowboys but they, they did they have they, they have lucked out a little bit with some of the um, high upside but questionable character draft picks that they made um, the other other teams were unwilling to take a, a chance on, and they've worked out brilliantly. So that's fair play, but they ain't Mike McCarthy. Would would Zimmer be a surprise, Cannon? He's had long enough there. I, I think it probably would be because they're still in the playoff hunt right now, hmm. right? They've they've had a number of players on defense this year leave. Uh, offensively, they've had challenges. Cook's not been. Fully fit. Thielen's had issues. They they've been pe- people up and in Minnesota. Down, but people in Minnesota, I think, are fed up of Zimmer and Cousins having them float around. Yeah, respectability, but not not really a threat. Yeah, it's an interesting. One. I mean, my my mate in the bar, Pete Carroll uh, in Seattle. You got to think <laughs> that um, he the, certainly the the Seahawks fans are turning on Carroll. They they want him to leave. Uh, and it's it's a fascinating. I don't know point. if it would be that much of a surprise at this point. Like, no, and I don't know if it classes yeah. as a surprise or not. But I guess it's a surprise because of the success he's had for so long, and it's been a couple of years off. Fine, but I, you got to feel like a large part of that's down to the terrible drafting strategy. That's not on Pete Carroll. But I think that Wilson's on the slide. It certainly appears to be things aren't going well. It's very easy to blame the head coach. Pete Carroll could go somewhere else and be a massive success again. I hated Pete Carroll and I hated Pete Carroll's really good Seattle Seahawks team and I would have Pete Carroll at the New York Giants in a heartbeat. On that <laughs> subject, I think he uh, he could well be a good candidate for Joe Judge's replacement because Joe Judge, I think, is on the hot seat. I think as is, he, he's, he's in our next category. He's in the surprisingly going to stay. Yeah. They are they are a 
shambles. There's no way he's done anything to justify keeping his job. As I would say, Matt Rule in Carolina. I mean, what the hell is that yeah, plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going in, going into a game. Oh yeah, well, we'll play Cam Newton, and we might throw a bit of Sam Darnold in, in the mix. What a pile of crap! Honestly, that, there's no, there's no plan there. He's completely lost. He's completely lost. Right, we're losing, 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 and I have no idea what I'm doing anymore. And the same thing's happening with Joe Judge. I've been behind Joe Judge. From the start, I think he's talked he's talked a good game and I've always wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. But see this run that the Giants have gone on, he's completely lost it. He come in after that like ridiculous second half performance and he started talking about the special teams doing well. And that was all he wanted to focus on. It's like he's he's completely lost the place. That, Barclays, that's classic Belichick Aye. It's 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 wild. He has no idea what he's doing anymore. He's got no control over his coordinators anymore. Um, and yeah, it's all got far too much for him. Sadly, because I I don't mind him as a person. Today, it's also it's a good it's a good time to make the change. Like the the Giants are almost definitely going to have two. Yeah, get them gone. Get them going to be gone. And, and another name that could be a risk is uh, Shanahan and San Francisco. No, um, surely not. Well, you never know because they had so much, um, so much kind of hope with that Super Bowl run, and it's just fizzled out since then. Um, Six weeks ago, I'd have been right in there with you. you know? Yeah. Well, I saw a start. And he said, listened to me. <laughs> I saw a start that said uh, Matt Lafleur has to lose his next thirty-two games in a row to have the same uh, winning percentage as Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's maybe the name of his his father that's kind of protected him slightly. Um, 49ers fans expect a lot. Yep. I think and, he's, uh, most of them, apart from Cameron, injuries. Of yeah, I don't expect anything. Injuries uh, have saved him last year. No, 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 no. Last year, garbage. Did. Injuries last... don't count. What do you mean? Don't, injuries don't count. Injuries. Every team gets injured. Shut so up about injuries. You no. can't lose your half no. your team. And not go, oh, no. we'll sack the coach because he's a clown. Everyone gets, no, no, no. My, I, I, we, I, was, I had the heat on Kyle Shanahan in October, so November, last... as we discussed on previous podcasts. And there was a reason for that is because he did not know what he was doing with his team. Suddenly, after listening to our podcast, of course, he decided <laughs> that he was going to start running the ball again. And look what happened. They went on a winning run. They got back to their identity of what they do best which is running the, ball, running the ball running it effectively it's not been running the ball it's been Debo Samuel and it's been George Kittle uh-huh, rushing Debo Samuel rushing Debo creating up. misdirection Cal Shanahan's whole offensive no. scheme misdirection all his, his whole offensive scheme his whole offensive scheme is around misdirection and zone running yep. that's the whole why is that a negative I, that's I the worst thing I've heard in my life that's <laughs> like being oh tell you what the problem is with uh, Manchester City is they score too many goals and don't concede enough. Well, another, the yeah, but he wasn't that. doing that. That was why they were crap. Then he got back to what they should be doing. They were massive. That's why they went on a good run. The injuries last year were mental. We lost Samuel. We lost Kittle. We lost Garoppolo. Uh, we the, the defensive line was all broken up. Um, McGlinchey was injured. Uh, we lost Joey Bosa. We lost most of the players on defense. Um, it was a it was a mess across the board. And he got away with it because of that. And right now, we're in playoffs. He's had one winning season. He's had one winning season. Totally. Um, might have another one this year. You might, never know. He might. Um, we need. I think we need to win one, two, one more to achieve that. One um, of the next two. Um, 
I think they should be in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I think that they've, they've played well enough to get in the playoffs. So, so but the, the name that I eight, actually... Six, eight weeks ago. Hmm. Oh, I totally agree. The turnaround has caught me out. And I mean, I said to Paul, Paul asked me ahead of the Titans game, how are you feeling ahead of this? I was like, I'm feeling optimistic, which means they're probably going to lose. And it's exactly what happened. It's usually <laughs> when they start to win me round that it all goes a little bit sideways. Uh, and it turns out that Jimmy was playing with an injury. For me, question marks should be quest- uh, put forward theirs. And why was he still playing if he's got a massive thumb injury? Because it was a problem. However, the the question there about uh, head coaches not getting sacked, and Matt Nagy is the name I'm going to put forward. I think that Matt Ooh. Nagy could end up staying in Chicago. And here's how. Because if they win their next two games and the Vikings lose their next two, then they end on the same record as the Vikings with a 7-10. and 10. And Nagy can go, I've been you know, playing a rookie quarterback here. I need another year. Um, if he wins out on his last three games, there's an argument there for him to go, give me one more year. I think there is an I argument there. That Nagy, I genuinely think the Bears are so cautious the, with that. The, the that schedule the schedule, the schedule helps them as well because they played Jamie's wonderful New York Giants yep. this week, followed by the Vikings. Yep. Uh, that, that Vikings-Bears game, the final weekend of the season, I think the loser will lose their head coach. I don't think there's any question. They could both go. The hot but I think the loser will de- the loose the loser will de- yeah the loser will definitely lose their head coach. Matt Nagy's been playing free and loose as a head coach for about a month and a half because they've had no purpose. What is the point? I mean, they had he he had a terrific season in his first year, coach of the year, twelve and four, one and done in the playoffs, two eight and eight. Don't forget they were in the playoffs last season. We all forget that. They were the seventh seed. Yep. This is this is the thing I hate about this seventh seed. <laughs> they were not good in the playoffs. They were crap. They were, they were crap. But this is the problem with the number seven seed that they've introduced in the NFL. You get a shit team at number seven. And that team was the Bears last year. And there will be a complete turd of a team at this in the playoffs. The only, good, the only good thing about that was that was the Nickelodeon game. Yeah. And oh, Mitch yeah. Trubisky was the MVP. Yeah. That, that was that was the that was the value from that. Um, if the Bears hold on to Nagy, it'll feel like um, that plotline in Peep Show when Mark and Sophie get married despite hating each other. <laughs> <laughs> and they do Just everything they can to try and put the other one off. <laughs> and then they're standing at the, at the altar both crying because they don't want to go through with it, but they're going to anyway out of social embarrassment. <laughs> Cameron's right, though. They are very cautious as a franchise. And- so... And yeah, you know, I mean, the, the owner's 98 years old, so... Even talking about Dan Quinn being the next head coach to take over, it's just Dan Quinn's not... If 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 I'm Chicago, I'm putting a focus on the offense. Uh, you've got Justin Fields, an exciting quarterback. You need to focus on a dynamic, attacking football team in that division to be interesting. They've, they've, they've just... never, they haven't, they've never been an attacking franchise. They haven't had a quarterback at that place that's been any good since about 19... 19- some eighteen hundred. Sid Luckman. God, I mean, they've been appalling. Even when they won the the Super Bowl in nineteen eighty five, they didn't have a quarterback. I mean, was it Jim McMahon? He was just utter yeah, Jim McMahon. Average. But he didn't. He didn't have two average. Hands. He was average. You'd think the standard requisite for a quarterback is having sight in both eyes. <laughs> Only having sight in one eye really should kind of limit you being a franchise quarterback. If you're the if you're the Bears and the last time you reached the Super Bowl, you had Rex Grossman as your quarterback. That shows you they, uh, you that shows you your quarterback credentials going into the past and into the future. It's all about defense in Chicago. It always has been. So they will hire a defensive coach. 
there's a lovely flow to these questions because we've talked about bad teams in that seventh position with the playoffs. John Blair's putting a question. How the hell has Tua won seven in a row? Do you think the Dolphins making the playoffs is good for the game? They're awful to watch. So we're talking bad, about bad teams bad, in the seventh it's position. That's b- bad for the Eagles because <laughs> we were getting like a top five draft pick. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> you're just, we're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Pull on, put somebody else in. Um, so, I'm not. I'm not sure he is. But I think he is. They've used. They've used a lot of RPO stuff, and he might. He might be all right. I also, in my soul, refuse to believe that left-handed quarterbacks can ever be good. But I'll give you some <laughs> names just now. Wait, 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 wait. You think you've got a soul? <laughs> <laughs> well. It was eaten away last soul. weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was eaten away last weekend. It's in fucking binary code. <laughs> Here are some names for you. Tyrod Taylor, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, PJ Walker, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, and Ian Book. That's the quarterbacks during the Dolphins' seven-game win streak, and I will acknowledge that Lamar Jackson has been dreadful for about two months at this point when he was healthy. That's the quarterbacks the Dolphins have won against but here we are and they, they have they have a winnable game this week because the titans really aren't that good and julio's on the covid list which means they've just got ag brown and fine he can be explosive but ag brown is more think, explosive if you've I got don't think julio julio's, on the side. julio's not going to make any difference whatsoever whether he's there or not to be honest <laughs> and then if you win that game and the you know the bills have got a pretty easy run in. i think it's the falcons and the jets but if the Bills slip up in one of those games, I think the Dolphins are like beat the Patriots in week 18 and they win the division. It's chaos. I think what you have to remember, though, Gordon, is that in the NFL, bad teams beat themselves. Um, and that hasn't happened with Miami. They've found ways to win games. A lot of it's to do with the coach. A lot of it's to do with how their defence is playing. And you just need your quarterback to do what he needs to do within the limits of his system. Once a quarterback tries to do something out with the system, that's when you start getting quarterbacks struggling badly and they get pulled from games. He's he's a very efficient quarterback in a certain style of play, and the Dolphins have kind of finally recognised that. Plus, he's healthy, which helps. That's always been the rubbing to that he suffers quite badly with injuries and um that's all you can really hope for. Unless you've got somebody like Mahomes, who is like one in, what, 1,000, where he can do create stuff off script, and the the coaches just have to accept that. Every other quarterback has got one or two reads, get the ball out, throw it away. And if that's what he's done, then fair play to him for turning around a franchise that looked like they might be giving up on him. I also think, like, the, the way their offense is set up just now, like Jalen Waddle. Has is on pace to break the rookie receiving or rookie receptions record, and he's got a chance to do it even by the end of next week, which would mean it was just as valid as every other one before the extra game. But yeah, the, the offensive line and stuff had, like forces their offense into that way, so we're maybe not really getting a true reflection of what he's capable of. There are work in progress. I mean, you look at. I think last year was a, there was a slight outlier there. They were winning a lot of close games and producing a lot of ridiculous plays on defense. This year, I think this is probably more close to the Miami Dolphins team that we would maybe expect them to be. They have got flaws, but they are 
so much better as a franchise in terms of their organization under Brian Flores than they were, say, five, six, seven years ago. They were a total car crash of a of a franchise. At least they have some kind of identity now. I don't think I don't think he is. Uh, I'm not convinced yet, long term. Ian nails it. He's, he's efficient, so you put the pieces around him, um, yeah. and an efficient team will do very well. And they've been, or, they can only be Hoon's run of them. They're like they can only. Well, be, like, yeah, but they didn't. So okay, so this is the one thing about this. But they were getting this is, their groove. No, they? no. But this this is the one thing about a seven game win streak that I'd need people to at least acknowledge a little bit is we <laughs> lost seven games before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, first time in NFL history to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game yeah. winning streak in the season. They were rotten. They were rotten. They started the season really well, and you thought, ooh, maybe the Dolphins are going to be good. And then it was like Jesus and Brian Flores. To be perfectly honest, we did this mid October. Brian Flores would be number one on the list of people getting sacked. Above uh, everybody no, else. He would, he would not have been. I'm very sorry, but no one was getting ahead of Urban Meyer the moment they sent out, <laughs> the moment they sent out their press release in week two to tell us everyone in the, whatever the area code is for Jacksonville, stick with us. As soon as I saw that in week two, it was confirmed this was not lasting the end of the season. <laughs> Fine. The, the Urban Project aside. Um, but yeah, basically, the, the hot seat was going to be this great state of Florida other than Bruce Arians, who's safe. Okay, fine. More questions to come. Sean Breen asked the question, should Javante Williams be a top consideration for offensive rookie of the year? No. But he's no. very good, though. <laughs> <laughs> so next question. Yep, next question. Come on, move on. Um, move on. What Paul, Ian Book is the first... That guy a Broncos fan, by the way. Uh, no, Must I don't be a think so. No, uh, think so. to, to be fair, let's let's talk about offensive He's... rookies. So first first things first, Javonte Williams, the second half of this season, has been very good. Yeah. He, at PFF, he set the record. Now, we've only been doing college for since 2014, so what's that? It'll be eight, eight years at the end of this season. Um, and he's set the record last year for the highest rate of missed tackles forced. He's on pace to set the record for most the highest rate of missed tackles for us by an NFL player this year as well. Um, he's very good for a running back, but he's also doing it in a season where Mac Jones has been very good at quarterback. Jamar Chase has been very good at wide receiver. Jalen Waddle's been very good at wide receiver. If you're going to go not those three, then Creed Humphrey at center for the Chiefs or Rashawn Slater or Penny Sewell at tackle are all probably more deserved. He's a very good and, season. He's not really a contender. And as we know, running backs don't matter. So... I, I, I didn't see, 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 quantify um, Gordon's stat and just make it sound a bit more impressive, impressive than he already has said. It's, it's not necessarily a missed tackle. It's a tackle in where a linebacker or a safety has actually got a fairly decent form on Williams and should be making the tackle, but the sheer power of Williams has just blasted that linebacker to the ground as he's uh, rumbled on his merry way. Uh, I think Williams is an absolutely outstanding, absolutely outstanding running back. Yeah. If I was looking to have a running back for the majority of kind of zone systems in the NFL, be looking at him, I'll be looking at Robinson at the Jags as the guys I want because they're getting you four or five yards at least every. They're getting you, they're blocking. See if you've got a really bad offensive line and you're blocking for one or two yards, they then make that into four or five yards because of sheer willpower and talent. I think they're absolutely great players. It's just a shame that running backs kind of dropped off and the, the way it's looked at now in the NFL. Still very, very talented and productive players. I think. I think if we wanted to have so the 
running backs don't matter is like a tagline that's used and it's to effectively like drive the conversation so that people talk about it. I think there is value in the conversation of, okay, we're not going to draft a running back in the first round, but what we are going to do is in the third and fourth round or the second round or fifth round, whatever it is, we're going to draft a running back who fits our system really well. Similar to the way we look at centers and guards in the NFL. Very few of them go in the first round. Most of them are mid-round picks because a lot of times they're scheme dependent. You're looking for a guy that fits the way you run the ball, fits what you do because he's you know more tied to a certain thing. And if we looked at running backs like that more often, I think we'd probably see guys like Javante Williams get more credit than they get. Who then for you is the offensive rookie of the year? Obviously, I think Williams is... Yeah, if Williams had been doing what he's doing right now all season long, I think the conversation's different. But um, I think that there's a couple of people in there who have been performing. Right now, the favourites... I mean, Mac Jones is the favourite. Jamar Chase is second favourite. Jalen Waddles seems to be third. Is it anyone other than those three? And if it isn't, then which of those three is it? It's not one. Of, it's nobody other than one of those three. And I would give it to Chase, personally, because I think he's had more impact, frankly. Um, and he could, um, he, he could be a difference maker in the playoffs. That's the other thing. I think we, I think we, at the moment, I've seen, and the weekend's game was a really good example that we've seen how good are the limitations of Matt Jones in a big game. I think he is again fortunate. He's in New England. He's in a great system. He's in a great setup, and they've got a, a defense that will carry them maybe through into the divisional round. I don't know if they'll go any further than that, but Cincinnati have got the potential. I don't think it'll happen necessarily, but they've got the potential to light up and with that system, they could they are streaky enough they could go on a run. I'm gonna, and Chase, I'm is, gonna, Chase is a playmaker. I'm going to bookmark that because I've had enough of my shitty bourbon that I've got to take in <laughs> 10 minutes or so. Uh, it should be Creed Humphrey from the Chiefs. He's arguably the best centre in the NFL this season. Uh, it won't be. Because he's a centre. Because he's a centre. No one really cares. Uh, probably should, if you're going by positional importance, Mac Jones is the reason why the Patriots are a team who are playoff likely this year compared with last season where they were that team around the playoffs but not playoff capable. And it matters in the NFL. So I, I would give it to Mac Jones. For me, I think it's Jamar Chase. Uh, I think that Mac Jones has done a, a good job, but it's been a controlled job. I think that it's been clinical, but it's been safe. Whereas I think that Jamar Chase has been at times a difference maker. I think he's set so many records and he's we're talking about him and the numbers and conversations with some of the best of the best. And to do that year one is sensational. And we're not talking about conversations of Mac Jones and the best of the best. I think that it's a uh, Mac Jones looks like he's going to be a great Patriots quarterback. You know, absolutely. That doesn't fully surprise me. Um, but I think Jamar Chase, for his explosiveness and what he's achieved, has been tremendous. Uh, rekindled a relationship with the quarterback in spite of the fact he didn't play last year uh, and come back in and done really well, in spite of the question marks about his handling in the preseason. And everyone's going to, the boy can't catch. And he's shown us he can. And do you know, he's not been brown every single game, but he's been a factor. Uh, and I think for that, for me, he's he's my standout offensive rookie of the year. 
I think you can make the, the, the argument that the best receiver that's actually been drafted this year is um, Devontae Smith at the Eagles, but he doesn't have the numbers because the Eagles are purely a, a running team at the moment. Mm. But his catch against Jamie, the, the touchdown catch against the Giants in the weekend, or was it a touchdown? But the, the sideline catch they made where he just played, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. unbelievably talented. And he's found a way to add uh, 20 pounds uh, of body weight during the season by having a lineman's uh, elbow support that he wears, <laughs> one of the big bionic. I've never seen a wide receiver wear that, which is utterly ridiculous. I yep. would like to see uh, Waddle win it. Um, just so he uh, honours that victory by replicating Chris Waddle's haircut from the 1990 World Cup. <laughs> I would like to see that. That would make me very, very happy. The other the other player that no one's mentioned and like I feel like it probably ties in with the franchise he plays for, but Kyle Pitts has been very good for a rookie tight end. He's going to break rookie records. Um like he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL already. Now he's not really a traditional tight end, but Darren Waller's not a traditional tight end, and that works for the Raiders, so I think it's fine. But I, f- I feel like the, the Falcons are such a team that no one remotely cares about that it's very difficult for him to get much of a recognition at this point. Yeah, it's funny. There's not really been because these are all guys that we talked about being like potential top 10 picks and, and all well, and there's not really been many busts. Like I expected one of those receivers or pits or, you know, Slater, who were all talked about right up the top as being, you know, you know, guys who are going to go really early and none of them has been a bust, which is, I think, quite unusual. I certainly expected at least one of those three wide receivers to not translate in their first season, but they all have. Yeah, I think the, the top half of the draft looks really good just now, especially on offense. It's, and the weird thing is there's like, so when the Giants traded down, there was like praise for it for good reason because they get an extra pick. But the whole thing was, you know, this season with COVID, you don't get to see as much of players in the off season. You know, you're going to learn as much about them. And it turns out that actually this might be one of the best top 10s, top 15s of the draft that we've seen in many a year. Yeah, but they were only holding on for one of the three wide receivers and they were all gone. And then we got, ironically, Kadarius Tony has caught COVID about seven times. <laughs> <laughs> caught COVID more than he's caught catches in some games. Exactly. He's, he's, he's fun when he gets the ball. Like yeah, when, yeah, he, yeah. when he does hold on to the ball, he's very fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, guys. I, feel, be fine. I just don't want to get into it. I, f- I feel a bit left out. What's a wide receiver? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you just got to watch the first quarterback named Ian to ever play in the NFL, play for your team last night. That must have been fun. I, oh, it was, it was thrilling. Did you know that in his time, up till this season, in his time in New Orleans, Sean Payton had started five quarterbacks. That's the whole the whole time, 11 years. In fact, 13 years or something like that. Five quarterbacks. He's had to start four this season. And Paul, Paul you knew that the moment they started Jameis Winston, the quarterback position in New Orleans was going to turn into a disaster. You said it. I should get my bottle of Loch Lomond malt for identifying the issue. Uh, You're close. And, You're close. Uh, and I, can, I, I can also tell you the Saints have started a record. 57 players have started for the Saints that season. That's another record along the line. 
And on that note, we can close the book on the Saints playoff hopes. More than delighted, like you, Gordon, more than delighted my team's not going to the playoffs. That's just an, an experience I did not wish to have this year. Thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> for very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. For the same, for the same reason. Can, can I give a special shout out if I can find the damn thing? Because I wrote it down. Because I was watching uh, the NFL of, as as I do. So I was watching uh, Greg Olson uh, on the football game, the Forty ers game, Cameron, when they showed John Lynch, the former player, you know, broadcaster, general manager. And Greg Olson played tribute to him from the broadcast booth, saying he used to sit in the seat that I am standing in now, <laughs> which I thought was just a brilliant line from Greg Olson. If, if we're going just, to talk just about brilliant, can, can talk I talk about can, John Lynch? Let's talk about the tweet. His his tweet like the and tweet like. his his follow up on this. This was incredible. So he liked the tweet, suggesting that the then we leave in, Jimmy in yeah Tennessee, Tennessee, <laughs> and then he followed up with apparently while on Christmas Eve mass with my family, I accidentally <laughs> and unknowingly liked the tweet. Never intended to, and remain a huge believer in Jimmy. Merry Christmas to every to everyone, and that's a drive into right field by Castellanos. It, it's it just tweeting the, um, the well, end of this Thistle guy who liked a pornographic tweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From the official ICT account. Clearly, um, Christmas Midnight Mass wasn't going very well. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's not very respectful, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then miraculously, he went to Mass. He clearly prayed when he was there. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo injured his thumb. That's <laughs> Trey Lance for the playoffs. It was a, yeah. a banner night. Fumbling. He moves in mysterious ways. That's well, what I, I quite liked it in the Eagles-Giants commentary when uh, Jonathan Vilma came out with the line, he's going to be pissed off about that. And Kenny Albert went, are we allowed to say that on air? And John Vilma went, no, but thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> <laughs> The only, thing, oh. the only thing that I'm going to add about the John Lynch situation is that fumbling in the pocket has been a problem for the 49ers all season long. So, yeah. I, th- I thank you for that. Well uh, last question yeah. before we go to Charles's quiz. Um, again, for those that listened last year, Charles did a quiz. We were all shite. Uh, Charles is going to do another one. We're going to be equally oh. shite. Last question before we go to that. Ewan Chalmers asks, because we've been talking about offensive rookies and stuff like that. From the last five years... Who is the guy you wish your team had picked, and why is it Josh Allen? No, it's not. No, no, no. The, the defensive end from Jacksonville. Absolutely, he's been quality. <laughs> yeah. I would have taken Justin Jefferson quite happily. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, Justin Jefferson yeah. opposite Devontae Adams would be. Oh. Quite something. That's but just a sexual, sexual combination. You don't draft wide receivers in the first round. You draft quarterbacks no. that you park for a couple of years. That's the pack yeah, of me. That's fine. You can when you're when you're that good, you can afford to park whoever you like. Frankly, I, in all seriousness, um, if the Packers had um, long ago drafted uh, a, a, a lockdown corner to sit across from Alexander, then I think they could have won four or five, you know, more championship games than they had done. Um, defense has been a shambles until well forever under Aaron Rodgers so it's only been in the last you know in, in, in the last uh, this season that things have picked up so 
I, I live in hope, but yeah, a Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams as a tandem would have been something else. Oh, God. Paul, who, who would you have had at the Saints? In the last five years, so would you have brought in our Drew Brees replacement, knowing that Drew Brees wasn't going to make the five years, or would you have got someone that would have helped take Drew Brees to a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, he only came out this year, but if he'd been available, you know, in theory, somebody like Kyle Pitts, because the Saints have sucked at tight end for, for long Graham enough. Left. Since, since basically since Jimmy Graham left. And you've got to remember, Jimmy Graham performed over his capabilities, as we've seen as he's gone everywhere else. Uh, we have sucked royally at tight end, so somebody like Kyle Pitts would have, would have been a great pickup for us, a George Kittle, somebody like that, would have been exceptionally nice. So that's where I would have gone. Ian, what would have made the difference to the Eagles over the last five years? Um, oh, if we could have uh, maybe skipped over JJ or Sega Whiteside and picked up DK Metcalf, maybe. I think that's one that kind of sticks in the, the craw. And you've also, in that same draft as well, you could have picked up Max Crosby in the, the fourth round. He seems like an absolute bargain now. Jamie? Too many to mention. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, anybody over the last five years. <laughs> no, no, what, what I do remember is the, the Giants were absolutely rubbing their hands, thinking they were getting Darius Leonard, and the Colts jumped them um, with a trade-up to take them and left us completely high and dry, and we ended up taking some shite ball-bag cornerback, I think. Um, and the guy so that got that, jailed. Probably, eh? Was that the guy that got jailed? I think it's the guy who got jailed. I, I, I can't remember exactly the year, but I'm pretty sure it's the guy who ended up killing someone or something like that. Um, so, like, yeah, there's plenty we could have had, but missing Darius Leonard when we absolutely thought we had him is the one that haunts us the most. Um, obviously, if you go back to 2018 when you took Barkley, we, we talked about Josh Allen. That's obviously the same draft. Barkley went two overall. Josh Allen went seven overall. In between all that, though, Quinton Nelson... Um, I feel like Quentin Nelson for someone like the Giants could have been a massive game changer because he immediately came in and was impactful. Gordon is shaking his head here. Yeah, but how can you pass over a generational talent thank like Barclay? You. Barclay's fucked because Oh, no. Oh, I was going to say thank you. You're, what? Like, I was going to say thank you because I thought, how can, you, how can you take a guard in the top five? <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to go with. Not how do you pass a generation like down? Take one Barkley who averaged three like, and a half what? yards a carry this week. What? what Not what even that good as a running back. I think Jonathan Taylor's quite happy that um, he's got Quentin Nelson blocking for him. Yeah. Quentin Nelson's out, outrageous. I was, I was, I, I thought like we were going to take a quarterback in that draft, and we took Barkley, and the, to- the reasoning totally- was sound. I totally get that there are certain positions you shouldn't take high up in the draft and there's certain positions that are absolute home runs. But, I mean, you look at... No one said that Kyle Pitts, you know, people were saying you should never take a tight end at number five. And we've already said how good he is. At the end of the day, you have to judge the player on the merits and on the situation. Kyle Pitts could be, the could be possibly, the greatest tight end in NFL history by the end of his career. We're not going to know for 10, 12 years. Yeah, but his, great. His, and Quentin Nelson could be the greatest guard of the last twenty years. It's ultimately you've got to pick depending on what your team needs at that particular time. And the 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 Giants have needed offensive line help every year for the last decade. 
Mm. What, you have to, what you have to remember yeah, when, it comes to, when it comes to assigning um, positional value in the NFL draft, everybody is a complete and utter moron. You just pick <laughs> who you feel is the best possible player to come in and play for your franchise for the next yeah. 12 to 15 years. If you pick a player who gets a second contract with your franchise, that player is a massive success. And that's, you- that's exactly why positional value is so important. Mm. But Quentin, Quentin and Nelson being picked at the top five of the NFL draft, I would 100% do that every single time. No. I don't care as much. Kicker, punter, maybe not. But when you're talking about the most important position in the NFL is quarterback, that's guaranteed. The second most important position in the NFL is your offensive line. It's not wide receiver, it's not round back, it's not defensive end, tackle, cornerback. Your second most important position in the NFL is your offensive line. Look at the New Orleans Saints against the Miami Dolphins. That is a perfect example of why you need an offensive line. Uh, And it doesn't matter. I love Saquon Barker coming out. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And it was one of those predicaments where he is so good that you had to take him but it's now a case of it's a case of um, if you didn't take him then the general manager would be being lambasted because people always want to see this guy that can break off 90 yard runs and score a touchdown but the sensible choice would have been a player like Quentin Nelson because he doesn't have the same level of drop-off as running backs traditionally do in the NFL. He, he doesn't command the same level of accelerated salary that running backs do. Um, but people are morons. And they don't, people are morons and they don't listen to me. Yeah, and, <laughs> and on that point, I'm going to be a moron and not listen to you and say, actually, the player I think the 49ers should have taken because I feel like our offensive line's been solid. Uh, and and if I think about what's happened over the last couple of years, and I th- I'm taking this from the 2017 draft, so I think that's within the last yeah it is within the last five. Uh, I wouldn't take Mahomes from that draft, which is probably a mistake. I'd actually take Christian McCaffrey because I think in the Shanahan scheme, with the players that we've got and what we had available to us, I think Christian McCaffrey is a player that would have won us that Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and I think that if he was injury free. Fine, we've got the injuries, but if he's injury-free, I think he's a player that would continually be an asset in that Shanahan scheme. And McCaffrey, with Debo Samuel and Kittle and all these things, just you just have weapons everywhere that would be reliable in multiple positions, which fits into the scheme the head coach has. That is, I can't believe that is the worst thing that's ever been heard on this podcast. No, it's, no not I would, If I could really? go back in time, I would not rather have, I would not take Mahomes. I would take Christian McCaffrey. I'd take Christian that McCaffrey. Is. I genuinely think he's like, so Mahomes for me is exceptional. But I think that there's other quarterbacks that are really, really good and can achieve it. At his position, I don't know. So Barkley, we thought season one Barkley, ooh, he's a Christian McCaffrey type, but he's not turned out to be. Christian McCaffrey. He's been injured. And and to be fair, McCaffrey's been injured, but when McCaffrey comes back, he looks as dangerous as he once was. He does keep getting injured, right? That's a problem. Take that out of it. The guy's an asset. The guy's yeah. an, a consistently effective asset 
that coming at Stanford, it would have been a great landing spot in San Francisco. I think he would have been class. He, Eli what, what? No, Gordon, Gordon hang on. One, one question. This year. No, no, hang on. One question. Which one of us is going to phone Allison and get the bottle taken off Cameron? <laughs> because let's be, let's be honest. I think, I, or, or that, this is his safe words. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes. No, 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 no. no I'm not no, saying I, I never, wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes. No. I'm saying if you give me any player, I'm taking McCaffrey. Before I'm taking Mahomes. Why? That makes he wouldn't take no Mahomes. Sense. He wouldn't take Mahomes because his telly's named after Patrick Mahomes. So he <laughs> couldn't take, take Mahomes. I would take ah, him. true. If you give me two players, if you give me two, Mahomes is number two, 100%. I don't, I that's think still massively That's still incorrect. ridiculous. There's only, the only person sitting here who can say justifiably that they wouldn't take Mahomes is me because Aaron Rodgers plays in Green Bay. All five of you would take Mahomes. I, He's the top I, player at the draft of the last five years. I would take Mahomes. No, no. And, and I'll, tell, I'll tell you why I can also say that is because unlike the rest of you, I'll actually play this game properly. Well, Cameron and Jamie technically did because their teams were pitched those years. <laughs> yeah, I played times, it properly. Paul claimed that he would take Kyle Pitts, who went fourth yeah. overall, whoever it was. But where, where did the okay. Saints pick that year? They did not pick fourth overall. Pick, look at where your team picked that year. So if you... Oh you, oh, you want podcast. to? Oh, you want to be really, really proper? Okay, I, I, want, I want to be sensible. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows my concerns that Patrick Queen is not a good player. No, really? You've it's barely strange, mentioned strange, it. Strange as it may seem, I've not brought it up no, much, but they might. No, have not at all. The Ravens took him twenty-eighth overall. At thirty-third overall, the Cincinnati Bengals selected wide receiver T. Higgins, who put up hundred and ninety-five yards against us this weekend. It's exactly the pick I would have made. Don't draft a linebacker in the first round. Draft a wide receiver that's going to absolutely ruin your season two seasons later. Oh dear. And coming back, to, so coming back to my point on being real, I look at what Mahomes, Mahomes with the wide receivers we've got, I'm not Cameron, convinced would you cannot have had dig the success. No, I'm not convinced. No, no, you can't. With the you wide can. receivers that the 49ers have had, that Mahomes Cameron. would have had no. that great success. The reason, the scheme that we play, the quarterback is not that relevant in the grand scheme of it. And I think that that's why Jimmy got us to a Super Bowl because he is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He isn't. But what we managed to do was get Raheem Mostert into an absolute monster who stormed all over the Packers in the championship game because of the game plan, right? It was the game plan and it was the setup. I Cameron, think... can, can you explain this to me? Sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, is this in retrospect? This is retrospect. You wouldn't take Mahomes. I wouldn't... Jesus, Jesus Christ. I was, about to, I was about to say I would agree with you before the draft. People, people weren't that keen on Mahomes, which is why he went all the way down to... But come on, man! You're talking about a top five quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely. Over, over. But I'm over a, in the context of an the injury, an injury-prone running no. back. <laughs> end it, Cameron. End it. You're 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 digging to Australia, so. right? So <laughs> move, I, on, move on to the quiz. I'm standing. I'm standing. By. Yes. Right, whatever. Let's quiz it. Mahomes is the easy it answer. Just, McCaffrey, exactly. I would love. Yeah, I was also I, the right answer. I would and have no one else McCaffrey top. I tell you what, I would have a McCaffrey top right now. I'd be wearing it right now if Christian McCaffrey ended up at the Niners. There's no. I think he's an amazing player. Love watching oh, him. Love it. Anyway, right. Let's let's go to this quiz. We've got more questions to come. Christ. Oh God. We're already an well, hour and ten in. Bloody well, hell. Right. Bonus. Bonus material. Bonus material. Well, we all loved it last year. It's that time of year. This year, I have experimented a bit with my uh, new computer, and I'm trying to work out how to work it, and I can't work it. You need to show presentation. Ah, there we go. 
Yes, right. Go. Here we go. This is sensational so, content for a podcast. I'm just going to for, so yeah. So just to, just for the for the for the listeners out there, the um, I've done it. I've done it on a PowerPoint. I got myself a new computer this year after um, sailing off into the sunset of freelancing, and I still haven't worked out how to use it, despite the fact that Cameron has been round to the house at least once, if not twice, to try and show me how to use it. Cameron anyway, doesn't know how to use it. I, I, well, I know he knows more than me. Um, I showed him so to Google Christian McCaffrey. We've got <laughs> yes. So we've got the uh, the very short, sharp, and sweet uh, NFL Scotland. Are you ready? Hang on, bugger it. Are you ready? There's a big picture of... Get excited, there's a picture of Ezekiel Elliott with his nose rings. Um, It's time for the NFL Scotland 2021 festive quiz. Oh my, there's there's an array of pictures in front of us here. Bottom right right smashing. Yeah, bottom right is Urban Mayor with some some ladies. Urban who? Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, Meyer yeah. with some uh, some local talent. So yeah, I mean it's been a very eventful season up to now. Plenty of things have gone on. There are two rounds in this quiz of five questions each, plus a mini bonus round at the end. The winner will get um, the meal of their choice at the next NFL <laughs> gathering from me, and the loser, well. You'll just hear about it for the next 12 months. <laughs> These um, pictures are amazing. I love the pictures. I love the picture of Russell Wilson with what looks like a butt plug on his middle finger. Um, I love the picture of Aaron Rodgers presenting his toe to Paul Scholes. Um, that, that is what I imagine he's doing hang on, at the moment. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry. Looks like a what, Cameron? Butt plug. Have any of the rest of us know what that looks like? <laughs> what? No idea. No idea. And I'm so, not googling it either. For for the um, for the listeners by home who are wondering what's going on, there is a, a kind of introductory picture collage. <laughs> anyway, so get your pe- pens and papers ready. No cheating. Um, some of these questions are statistics questions, so they'll be right up Gordon Street. Some of them are deep historical knowledge, so they'll be right up Paul Street, and some of them are completely random. So Jamie will love it. Um, <laughs> right. Well, round number one. The round number one is titled, Who is the Greatest? Question number one. And for all you listening at home, you can play along and don't cheat. Who is the greatest kicker in the NFL this season? And that is by percentage of field goals made. Is it A, Justin Tucker, B, Matt Gay, or C, Young Way Koo? Um, question number two, who has hit the greatest punt in the NFL this season? Now, that is by distance. And there is a bonus point if you get the distance correct to the yard. Is it is it A, Johnny Hecker? Is it B, Rigoberto Sanchez, who looks a bit like Carlos Tevez, I think? And is it, or is it C, Corey Bojorquez? Question number three, which team has the greatest salary cap space ahead of next season? It was A, the Miami Dolphins, B, the Jacksonville Jaguars, C, the Cincinnati Bengals, or D, the San Diego Chargers. San Diego. San Diego, Diego, LA. (laughs) That is retro. (laughs) LA. There you go. I'm, I'm living in 2017. Christ. Question number four. This is a great question. This came from my son. Cats or birds? At the time of recording, which species has the greatest number of wins in NFL history? Cats or birds? Oh, in history? 
in NFL history. This this was highly publicized right the way through the season. If you've been paying attention, well, if you were asking Urban Meyer, he'd, he'd answer birds. Obviously, he would, he would definitely say birds. Ironic because he was coaching. Birds, he was birds Fair play to your son as well. Like four questions in, this is by far the best of the four questions. I, I, knew, I, I knew you'd like this question. I knew it. I knew it. And question number five. We talk about injuries a lot on this podcast, so we had to have an injuries question. Which injury hit team has used the greatest number of players in the current season through week 15? This is not before next week, last weekend, because I don't have the up-to-date stats. Round number two, the Jeopardy round. This is the Ah. point where Cameron should be bringing in the funky music. How many rounds are there? Two. Two, right. Two. Of course, we have the the imitable host, Mr. A. Rogers. Uh, Question number one in the Jeopardy round. How many of the NFL's 32 teams have sold the naming rights to their stadiums? So there are 32 teams, of course, in the league. How many of them have sold their naming rights? There isn't 32 stadiums, though. Well, how many of the 32 teams have sold the naming rights? I didn't say there were 32 stadiums. Read the question. Come on. And there's a nice picture of uh, two of the stadiums there who have sold their naming rights, just to give you a bit of clue. Allegiant Stadium and Bank of America. Question number two. Since 2000, how many number one draft picks have not been quarterbacks. Question number three. How many NFL team names are named after animals? (laughs) How the hell are you supposed to get that in two seconds? Come on. I think that's one of the easier questions, I would say. Hang on. I I think Cameron needs to give us a pause and give us like 30 seconds. No, no, that's because you can sit and figure it out. No, absolutely not. That's the whole point. That's the point. No. That's the point. Just scribble a number down. Have a guess. No. Have a guess. I think you'll get quite close. Moving on. Question number four of the Jeopardy round. What are the Memphis Hound Dogs, the Baltimore Bombers, the Pennsylvania Keystoners, and the St. Louis Stallions? This is an NFL question. And I think Gordon will know this. Mm. And question number five, my favourite question. Which pre-season hot take prediction on our podcast was never actually predicted? So, A, the New York Giants are my sleeper Super Bowl bet. Gordon McGuinness. B, Zach Ertz is finished and nobody will trade for him. Charles Patterson. C, Aaron Rodgers will be the league MVP again. It's all set up for him. Paul Mitchell. D, the Jaguars are going to be better than expected and can make the playoffs. Gordon McGuinness. E. I almost want to put D out of fear absolute hope at this point. And I don't think it is faint of hope. I think I did say that. E. Julio, Julio Jones' arrival in Tennessee will propel Ryan Tannehill into the MVP conversation. Ian Stephen. F. Zach Wilson will be a bust in New York. Cameron Hobbs. G. Dallas are a dysfunctional organization who can't make it work. Jamie Borthwick. And H. Tim Tebow is in good shape. I think he's a great pickup by Jacksonville. Ballard. For all of our sakes, they're all fucking wrong. Could you not pick some hot takes that actually passed? <laughs> how do you? How, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm the only one I'm that's Rogers. got one right. Yeah, I 
Actually, it's the only one we know isn't wrong because you're the safest person on the podcast. I, I think well, I think the two of you, C, C and F, are probably the safest bets. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, by the way, the New York Giants are my sleeper Super Bowl bet was not what I said. I, uh, I think that's... Um, uh, excuse me, excuse me. I'm the quiz master and I can tell you categorically 100% that all these hot take predictions are true apart from one of them, which wasn't. Right. So I will leave it open at that. Right. Oh no, I didn't. I said Giants card. No, no, yeah, you did right. say the Giants. You did so, Giants for the there's your ten questions. This is the bonus round. You've got to name the mascots. Hey. Here are eight mascots. So for the oh. benefit of the listeners, we have the Detroit Lions mascot, the Carolina Panthers mascot, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mascot, who looks quite scary. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers mascot, the mascot from Tennessee, uh, the mascot from Atlanta, We've got what looks like a backing dancer for Beyonce, but is actually the St. Louis Rams mascot. And we've St. got Louis the Oakland Rams. Saint, sorry, hell. Los Angeles. Sorry, <laughs> LA doesn't exist to you, does it? Yeah, no, <laughs> not, not in my lifetime. The LA Rams, and then we have the Oakland Raiders mascot. No, yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders mascot, not the Oakland Raiders. Good grief! Um, it's been a long. Week. That's what happens when COVID affects your brain. So there are eight mascots there. We need the names for these mascots. They have all got names. You should know them. Why should I know them? Yeah, why should why should I know any of these? Because this is about this. We are the NFL Scotland podcast. You should know your you should know your information, know your stats, know the deep knowledge. This is the stuff that m- transfers us from just average podcasts to the very. Top. I, I'm going to say now, if I get even one of these right, I'm going to be flabbergasted. Are we going to share our, this image with our? Um, yeah, hang listeners. on. I'll take a picture of it. We'll take like, a picture and we'll tweet it out. Yeah. Right, take, don't take a picture. Surely, Charles, you can just send the picture of this slide. Before Charles starts talking about the Houston That's that, that's beyond my technical capabilities, unfortunately. Right. Do you want the answers? Yeah. We, yes, yes, we do. Right. Yes. We want the answers. Right. And of course, the the winner gets a free meal off me in the golf tavern the next time we all meet. Oh. Um, and if anyone out there gets a higher score than the winner, I will buy them a dram. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Uh, be honest with your answers, general. people. Be honest with your yeah. marking here. Nay cheating. I can't remember who won last year's quiz. Um, so it was it was me. It was me. It was me. It was me. Everybody claimed they won. Quick. Three people claiming that they won. Right. Baker says, "Who wants the answers? Let's go." Um, it was Gordon, by the way. The greatest round one. Uh, first question: Who is the best kicker in the NFL this season? It is Matt Gay. Yes, and right it is. With ninety-six point nine percent completion rate of field goals. Now he has missed an extra point, and Gordon will know that Justin Tucker has not missed an extra point. But Matt Gay is still just ahead of Justin Tucker. Yeah. So your question: Anything? Anything? Anything that, that decries Justin Tucker right in front of Gordon McGuinness's face gets me aroused both emotionally <laughs> and physically. I mean, why Ian, why do Ian, you think I made that the first question in the we, quiz? Ian, we both know he's wrong. Statistically, <laughs> Matt Gay is the best. Matt Gay did not kick a, a 66-yard game-winning field in Detroit. He did not. That's not the question. Focus on the questions. Come on. Well, the question is who is the best kicker in the NFL this season? And <laughs> I answered I answered Matt Gay because you told us it was percentage wise. So I was like, well, it's going to be well done, you. You've got a point. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, Cameron, it's okay. You don't have to justify your answers to me. It's fine. Um, question number two Who has hit the longest punt in the NFL this year? It right. is Corey Bajorquez. Yes. 
And for a bonus point, if you got... I did not. Oh, hey, Mr. John, John is to see what the yardage is before we... <laughs> no, I can see what he's oh. written. I was one away. Ooh, what did you write? 81 yards. I put that 81. is one. I had 92. Nine, oh, one digit wrong. Replace the nine with an eight. 82 yard punt. That's pretty outrageous, I have to say. Oh, it's, nah, it's I've not. Seen, I mean, I've seen there's, there is, there Maybe is it's a downwind. College, there's a college punter who is known as Punt God this year. I think is he at San Diego State? Is Matt, is he at not is he at or something? Hold on, is is Paul having some sort of medical incident? Paul's I'm here to lost the plot. Cameras, here. What? I, all I can hear oh is God. Paul heavy breathing. One and one the... beer, one beer, and Paul falls apart. <laughs> Oh, Paul's worried he's not going to win the quiz this year. That's his problem. No, I, I've, I'm back. I was just putting my laptop away. Question oh, number three. Which team has the most calorie salary cap space? Calorie sap. Calorie sap. <laughs> Which team has the most salary cap space ahead of next season? It is da, 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 the Miami Dolphins. With $75 million, which is a lot better than New Orleans. <laughs> oh, we're way, way, way over. It's 45. Uh, we're way over. The Saints are $61 million oh, over yeah. the cap. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll be it's fine. Taysom Hill's got most of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four. Now, this, cats or birds? At the time of recording, which species has the greater number of wins in NFL history? Birds. Surely it's cats. Birds. Record is even. Oh, what's this stupid? Oh, what's this? hang on. So we all win. <laughs> Excellent, we all win. Yes. No. Do it's a trick question. Isolating. Um, Do you not like that? (laughs) This is not an awards podcast. This is not the awards podcast. However, Bob Ag nomination for Charles Patterson for putting a fucking question in the quiz. (laughs) Well, you can blame you can blame the Arizona Cardinals for losing to the Detroit Lions last week because if they had because if they had actually shown up, then. The uh, the birds would be in front of the cats, but as oh, it is, it is or, even Stevens or uh, cardinals birds or the religious figures. Are, uh, we well. the, are we getting into an uh, ecumenical debate here? <laughs> I think I think the clues in the mascot and the logo, but let's yeah. not go there. We saw that. And then which t- question five? Which injury hit team has used the greatest number of players in the twenty twenty one season through week fifteen? It is. Tennessee. Tennessee Titan. Oh, come on. I went don't, for Ravens because of the Golden Gordons. I, I, I don't believe it's that. It's got to be the Ravens. That is factually correct. The most pl- They have used the most players during one season in NFL history, 86 as of week 15. So The Raven, Ravens have lost the most starts or start, starts from starters. Uh, but the Tennessee Titans have used the most Read players. the question. Come on, get that Jeopardy music on, Cameron. Uh, here we go. I'm, Round two. I'm terrible here. Je- Jeopardy answer. Duh. Right. How many of the NFL's 32 teams have sold the naming rights to their stadium? The answer is 29 of them. Oh, oh shit. There are only three that haven't. Soldier Field, Lambeau Field, Paul Brown Stadium. All the rest of them are total sellouts. Question number two of the Jeopardy round. Since 2000, how many number one draft picks have not been quarterbacks? The answer is six. That is disgraceful. I had six, and I crossed out and put eight. Four defensive ends and two tackles. The last one being, of course, Miles Garrett. Courtney Brown's the one I got wrong. 
Corny Brown, who was uh, Cleveland Browns, 2000, I think. The, the year before they took Tim Couch number one overall yeah. was as successful. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three, how many NFL teams are named after animals? 16. 16. Oh, no. Yeah. Eight in each conference. Who got that one right? Who did you forget, Gordon? A single question. What are the Memphis Hound Dogs, the Baltimore Bombers, the Pennsylvania Keystoners, and the St. Louis Stallions? Anyone want to throw in a suggestion before I... think I... they are Canadian football league teams. They CFL teams. Rejected names for oh. proposed NFL franchises. I think the Baltimore Bombers would probably have been a little bit controversial nowadays. Memphis Hound Dogs. I dear me. I put cheerleader teams. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis Hound Dogs? The Hound Dogs. Question number five. Which preseason hot take on the podcast was never actually predicted? It was Cameron's Zach Wilson will be a bust in New York. Cameron had said Zach Wilson can be great and could be the rookie of the year. So the irony being that that take was complete and utter garbage. Um, all the rest of them were genuine hot takes. Now, hot takes obviously are open to a little bit of um, subjective opinion and could be wildly wrong. But we all said things that have been proved totally wrong over the Can course. Can I point of- out? I've got a couple of bad ones here. So the New York Giants are my sleeper Super Bowl. I had to leave out at least three so, of yours, by the way. That so that one was that one was like molded a little bit for me saying that I think they'd be a playoff team and or maybe a maybe a no. I, I'll go find the quote. Was, you definitely said they're I, your on, sleeper for the Super Bowl. We have anyway, the quote. I've got. I listened back to previous podcasts no, in order to make this question. That, that, that's fine. The Jaguars are going to be better than expected. Horrendous. I refuse to accept that either of my two are better than. Tim Tebow is in good shape. I think he's a great pickup by Jackson. I genuinely, I did put that down at first, and then I was like, I didn't think that Zach Wilson was going to be a bust, so I um, didn't say that. So I can I just the right can I just say like, with regards to the Tim Tebow prediction, um, and I was just making sure I got that correct before I put it in. Uh, Paul Mitchell agreed with Jim Ballard and said, I think Tim Tebow is oh, also a, a brilliant shot. pickup. So there you go. It's fine. Paul's highly agreeable with these things. It's it. <laughs> There we go. And so to right. the, bon- Question, the bonus, do we get a point for everyone we get right on this mascot one? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. I, I think. So I'm here we go. Yeah. So these are the these are the mascots. So for the listeners out there, the Detroit Lions mascot is called Rory the Lion. Very original name there. I had Lionel. Lionel. He looks a bit I like got, Lionel. I got Rory. Thundersack. Did uh, Did you get Rory? Well done. Yes. Um, the Wait, Carol- I got all but one. The, the Carolina only one I think pa- it was Raider Rusher. The, the, the only one I got, and I guessed it. Sorry, we're jumping the answers here, right? What are the, the answers? The Carolina, Pan- the Carolina Panthers uh, mascot is called Sir Purr. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't get Sir Purr, you've not been on social media in the last two years. No, nah. <laughs> no idea. I didn't Captain, get Sir Purr. Captain Fear is the uh, mascot of the ta- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely, very Johnny I'd uh, sexually aroused Robin Cook. The, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, God rest his soul. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers mascot is called Steely McBeam. Yeah. I'd, I'd Steely I... Dan. Do I get a half point? No. Um, I'm considering I'm how Steely bad, as well. Considering how bad the rest of my stuff is, I, I would like a half point because I'm not getting it for anything else. The, um, the, the mascot of the Tennessee Titans, which incidentally is a raccoon. For some what? reason, it's a raccoon. Nobody's explained why. It's called T-Rack. The um, I called him Chuffer. 
So Chuffer. He, he looks like he's he looks like he looks like he's about to um he's he's eyeing up the cheerleaders there, isn't he? In that picture. Um Freddie is the mascot, Freddie the Falcon is the mascot of the Arizona uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons, even. Millennium um, Falcon, which I, sounds like a far better name. Millennium Falcon Ram, is a better name. I put shit. Ram, Rampage the Ram is the uh, mascot of the Los Angeles Rams. Had Ronald Ramsbottom. Ronald Ramsbottom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you what? I think uh, Ian's names are far better than anyone else's. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I've always wondered how they made these mascots. And Raider Rusher, as Cameron pointed I out, is genuinely the... guessed Raider Rusher. I put Raider Raider, and then I was like, Raider Raider doesn't make any sense. Ra- Raider <laughs> Rusher looks. He looks like something from a kind of sci-fi movie. From Mad Raider Mad Rusher. Rusher. He's basically a, he's basically a giant head with legs and arms, and spikes on his head. Very. Strange. I just I just had horny. Which I think just fits in with the Raiders' etiquette. Just horny. That's just so much better. You sure that's not Daniel Jones? It's horny. A big head and or... a pair of legs. No, big head and a pair of legs. Big head and a pair of legs. Dear me. Scores on the doors, boys. I had four and a half points. All right. So uh... I'll, I'll go next because I'm next. I got five. <laughs> Do we get a point for each mascot? So, yeah. Someone's like yes. smug in the middle point, of my point screen for here. Mascot. Point for each mascot. Oh, God, Jamie, what have you got? Well, for the mascots I just wrote, they're all pricks. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the first two right. I got Gay and Bacharquez right. And I thought, yes, I'm nailing it. And then I got everything else wrong. So I got two. <laughs> oh, dear. Come on, Gordon. What did you get? Uh, so I got four of the first lot, and then in the mascots, I got six out of eight. That's so absolutely superb. Ten. ten. Congratulations. How much, time, how much time do you think I spend on social media that I don't know the mascots' names? They appear way too often. Sir Purr has spent like his entire last year on social media thanks to that Robbie Anderson uh, clip. See when, I lived, see, when I lived in Singapore, the McDonald's used to have uh, Happy Meals with Hello Kitty products. And uh, people used to queue up overnight to order a Happy Meal and get a Hello Kitty product. And I wondered who are these sad bastards that queue up overnight for Hello Kitty products. And I now know it's Gordon. Because <laughs> it's only somebody that's a Hello Kitty fan that can know the name of those NFL mascots. Brilliant. Gordon, well, tell the truth. Do you have any Hello Kitty products in your house at all? Absolutely none. However, my little sister was a big Hello Kitty fan. There we so go. There there has we go. to be in my household. For all the uh, listeners out there who can beat 10, you have a dram on me if you can do that. Yeah. And, You've got to be honest. And do it. Right. We'll tweet. When we tweet out the, the podcast, we'll tweet out the pictures. Um, so, you know, you should be able to go and see the. Well, you'll, we'll tweet out the picture of the mascots, not the, <laughs> the next The next live event, I can just see this queue of people standing <laughs> just facing channels <laughs> expectantly. I get, I get uh, 16 in the quiz channels. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> We've been going for an hour and 40 minutes already. Let's do another 20 minutes max and we'll wrap up a couple of other questions. There's at least three here that I think we need to get into. So, Patrick Wilson has asked, if you were the commissioner, what change changes would you make to the league right now? Gordon, you can start us with your um, hatred of the uh, taunting penalties, I'm sure. Get rid of it. Yeah. Just remove it from any semblance 
just I'd, I'd even awarded the Bears a win over the Steelers earlier this season because that was quite clearly a, a targeted rule that impacted them. Not nothing to do with the fact that I hate Johnny Bailey and the Steelers. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible rule that like, can anyone in this podcast from the the five of you in front of me say the enforcement of the taunt rule has made you enjoy the NFL any more this year? No. Yes. I fucking love taunting. I think it's great. <laughs> so, so can you finally admit that you were wrong, Cameron? No, because what I've, I've never said that I am for the rule, but the rules are the rules, and the players can't... Su- right. When the rules are applied correctly, the, the players can't complain because they are the rules. Whether we like the rules or not is a different thing. There has been some egregious implementations of it that are shambolic, and that Bear Steelers is probably up there as one of the highest ones. No, 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 sorry. Just to be clear, rewind back. It's not been interpretations because the NFL followed up on those rules and said that they were enforced correctly. Yes, and, and that's where they went wrong. That's where they went wrong, but I, th- I think, for me, the... So you admit you were wrong. The implementation of it has been appalling, but I don't... Some of it, I have no, I have no issue with them cracking down on, but I think the implementation of which, it has been poorly which, executed. Which NFL taunting rule, taunting penalty this season, do you agree with? Um, off the top of my head, there's a Jalen Ramsey one that I remember Jalen Ramsey absolutely getting up and celebrating in someone's face when he'd stopped like a crappy... NFC West? NFC West. <clears throat> Fine. No, no, no. But this is, I just remember stuff like that. I, I, okay. I genuinely... Cam, I, Cam this, is the, this is the pissed cast. <laughs> and you're talking dryly about how you don't like people having fun. It's Come not about people having fun. I don't think that's fun when folk are in folks' faces. I don't think that's fun. I don't care. You're so boring. You are fun. so boring. Fun. I had oh, an you're issue. A miserable, had issue miserable Scrooge. When um, Clyde oh. Edwards Alaire goes over and he does the V sign and he gets done for that, I'm like, "Come on!" You could celebrate as you're crossing the line. I smacking someone, getting up and like squaring up to them. I don't care. I don't care about that being penalised. Penalise it. The stuff that shouldn't be penalised is celebrating. Just celebrate. Celebrate. As long as you're celebrating, great. If you're squaring up to some boy in the face, done. I've got Quite impressive. This is like an end-of-season podcast, and you've dug yourself a hole twice. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, have no, I don't have an issue with them cracking down on it. I genuinely don't. Whatever. I like respect in football. Again, I, it's the, it's, I, I keep bringing this back. It's the whole taking your shirt off after you've scored, right? I don't care that a player takes their shirt off, but I don't care that they're cracking down on it either. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me either way. I am absolutely oh. on the fence, so I do not care enough to care that they're doing it, is the point. Uh, this is so dull. God, we've talked right. about this so often, and you're you're never going to win this argument. So what if, I was the com- if I was the commissioner, you're getting rid I would of get rid of the 18th game because it's fucked with the symmetry of my life, and I don't like the fact that we've got another game. Do you mean the 17th this- game? Because there's not so, yeah, well, they, no, they, week 18. We don't week need week 18. 18. Week 18 is pointless. All right. We know by week 15, 16, the teams that should be in the playoffs, there's, they, they only did it because they want to make more money. I, it messes with the symmetry of the, the kind of perfect 16 game season. And yeah, I would get rid of it, but it's not going to ever get rid of. So it's a moot point. But I, I don't I don't like the fact that they've introduced it. I, I think it's pointless. And I would also get rid of, I would also get rid of the seventh playoff team because the seventh playoff team, the number seven seed is invariably going to be shite. So 
I would, I would agree. They aren't invariably going to be like there will invariably they're going to be crap because there's been seasons before when we had six playoff teams that a ten win team did not make the playoffs. I, I don't like there being a seventh playoff team. I don't like the extra game, all that stuff. But it doesn't mean that every single season it'll be no. Wrong. But generally, I mean, last year the Bears were eight and eight and got in. The Colts were nine and seven and got in as the seventh seed and okay, pushed the Bills, pushed the bills the, pretty close. So the some, AFC this year. Seven seed actually works pretty well. The well, NFC, because it's a dog shit conference, many years at the bottom. Yeah, at the bottom of the uh, below the top four or five teams, it's just average crap. Yeah. If the, Fal- the Falcons make the playoffs as the number seven seed, that is every reason to to expect why. Well, the Bears last year. Bears exactly. last year was the exactly. I'm fixing the overtime rules so that even if you score a touchdown with your opening possession, the other team gets a possession. No, first things first, it has, to, it has to move back to 15. If you're going to do it, everyone gets one possession and then you just accept ties. We accept ties in other sports that works perfectly fine. We've accepted ties with a 10-minute overtime, which point it's, it's one possession each. You get one possession. You want the ball? Get the ball. One possession each team. Game's over. That's it. If no one scores, tie. Fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that as long as the team both teams get the ball. As long as both yeah. teams get the ball. As long as both no, teams get the no, ball. No, I no issue at all with that. Yep. No issue at all with that. Yep. I, I right, hate the fact w- that you win a coin toss you, because you've got a great offense. You win the coin toss, you've won the game. It's like can, this is stupid. So, can I can I interject now before Paul gives his rule and I'll give my version okay. of his rule? Paul's rule is that uh the NFL has to force uh time to go backwards. Before the point that New Orleans Saints signed Jameis Winston, <laughs> and it has to prevent that from happening. That's the next plot of Back to the Future Four. <laughs> Come on, don't spoil it for everyone. Right, Paul, what are you changing? Right, I'm. I'm well, I, th- I think the taunting rule is fine. The overtime rule is fine. I think we've got to find a way to make the onside kick more competitive. So here, here's the question for you, because somebody wrote the answer to this. Why doesn't the kicker just blatter the ball as high in the air as he can and as long as it goes 10 yards and you just have a jumping competition for it? Is that not allowed? The the Ravens have done this the last couple of weeks. I've noticed not on like a final end of game onside kick, but they've done it like the second last kickoff when you're kicking it back to the team. They've booted it up into the air. Not necessarily create a jump ball because you can't because then it's like kick, catch, interference. But it's putting up in the air to like create a. Can you not like, just call, Can you not just call a safe catch? It, la- it lands at like the twenty-five yard line. Just go say, yeah, yeah. safe yeah. catch. Is there? Yeah. Can you call? You can call safe catch anywhere on the field. So if the ball goes straight not, up in the air, from, you can call a safe from catch a kickoff. kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was stopping it. So I think that's. I think that's why it's a valid point. You would need yeah. to figure out a way to kick it down and up. Um, if you could figure out a way to kick it down into the you, ground, you have to, it has to hit the ground first yeah. if you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. That answers. So what, what? What my thing would be is, I know we've got the red challenge flag, but you can't challenge everything. I would have whatever color flag you want to call it, and you can challenge anything at all a, that you like. A giant gold because button. Because you I mean, see I mean, confetti. A giant once, gold button that once, shoots confetti. Once, and you go boom. Once the whole game. Once. Once the whole game, challenge anything. So I, d- I don't want it being done for frivolous things. So, for example, the Saints against the Dolphins, somebody nicked Alvin Kamara's towel 
which I thought was really funny. Kamara belts the guy and gets a 15-yard penalty. Now, if you challenge that, you'd see the boy, the boy was a ball bag first. I think we've got to find a way, and this has opened the discussion, is something has got to be, especially when the stuff that can't be reviewed, you know, pass interference, whatever it is, there's stuff that we see immediately and we know it's wrong, but you cannot challenge it under the current rules. That has to change. That cannot be allowed to happen. So either once per half, once per quarter, whatever. But I don't want the game stopped every two minutes, Gordon. That, that's the other thing. But I think there are things at the moment that are unchallengeable, and I think that's wrong. I think it's part of the game, unfortunately. No, no. I, see, I think we're past. It's just part no. of the game. When well, you can see, when you can see, and, and everybody in the, so the it is, everything. I'm just saying it once, so you don't use it just stupidly. But there are certain things that you apparently you cannot challenge at the moment, and that's just dumb because everybody knows it's a terrible call should, should by we the just officials. Utilize the the centralized or the video eye team in the board. sky. Yeah, the eye, they've, so they've, already, they've already done it. They or, they've already done it for a lot of things. I think. But there was there was a face mask this week. Bandit. There was a face mask called this week, and the guy clearly grabbed the guy's shoulder. Yep, now, to the referee, that's... it looked like a face mask. It wasn't. It, he grabbed the guy's shoulder. That should have been cleared up within five or ten seconds. But isn't this, isn't this the whole point of referees are human beings? Sometimes referees are going to make mistakes, and we but if you can moan and that. groan about we've moan and groan about VAR in football, and we moan and groan about television replay in the NFL, and pass interference was talked about for a couple of years and they were able to review it and then they got rid of it. There has to be an element of human error somewhere along the line at some point. Otherwise, the whole thing becomes computerized and TV. Yeah, I'm talking clear clear and obvious error that you can see on one replay. So you you can see it on one replay, it's wrong. You should be able to correct it. Is there anything you can challenge? Are you saying... Well, okay, Ian, tell me what you think we shouldn't challenge. Ladies think, and gentlemen, I, the halftime show for the Super Bowl. Who do you the blowfish? <laughs> Wait a minute. Sean <laughs> thrown on the challenge flag. I'd like to uh, challenge Tom. Ra- I'd like to challenge Tom Brady's um, ability to actually play in a game. Could I just chuck a flag in there in the championship game, and then he's ruled no, these out? Are, these are you can't. Because you can't win that. There's no ground. I know, Why I know not? what you're saying. I, I want to challenge it. I want to challenge his ability to be able to play beyond the age of 40. There was a call made about a Dolphins catch last night. I think it was Smythe or someone like that made a catch. Uh, and it was challenged by New Orleans because it wasn't sure. He kind of caught it with his arm. It landed funny. And when you look back at it multiple times, it wasn't conclusive that the ball had hit the ground. And in that case, they go with the decision on the field. But I, I agree. I think you utilize the eye in the sky more, the centralized video system. Because there's natural breaks in the game, we can. And where something is definitely 100% wrong, or that's really wrong, then highlight it to the referee, let him see it, and let him go, yep, we got that wrong, scrap it. I don't think it's it would happen all that really often. well this season. Well, it's not even like they've done it a lot this NFL season whereby they've had like a spot and they've had like a catch and stuff and they, they've looked at it again and someone's given a buzz down. It's worked. That, that, yeah. that's the one, the, the the one thing I would say is you don't always know it's happening. And I think that's where, where it's always been very public, the NFL and its conversations. You lose a little bit of that. But I agree. I think it's definitely been a really good utilization. So, yeah. Okay, Ian. Ian, Ian, do you agree with me that these tricks have left us with nothing? <laughs> Get in early. I've, I've, started, right. I've got a few suggestions, Jamie, but I, I, you can go. You can go first in case I steal any of your thunder. You can. You can give us your best shot. 
I mean, it, it was pretty much along these lines that I, I, I think that uh, when they're having a booth review, they should be on the clock or they should only be allowed a certain number of um, angles or to be reviewed the same angles a number of times because uh, when they just don't know and they're just in there for fucking ever, it's a pain in the arse. <laughs> yep. That's right. Yeah. I think everyone agrees with that. <laughs> Yeah, especially when it's like it's inconclusive. This is inconclusive. This is really yeah, yeah. You have got three minutes, and you're only allowed to look at that angle three times. Yeah, and then you've got to make a decision because we're getting on with it because everyone else is just wanting to get on with our Sunday brother. Yep, you should have the countdown music as well when he's reviewing it. <laughs> the millionaire countdown. Just dun, 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 dun. Well, I've got I've got three possible suggestions. Uh, number one is uh, you should not have indoor stadia. Uh, all stadiums <laughs> should be roofless. Uh, I love that idea. You you move the Superdome to Philadelphia within a week, it wouldn't have a roof. <laughs> and then um, number two, uh, all officials should be naked. Um, that ties into the outdoor games. I just want to see Jerome Booger in a December game in Minnesota, just uh, as the quarter goes by, watching his shriveled penis gradually get more and more frostbitten, that would keep me entertained. If it was two, if it was two, like four and eleven teams, I wouldn't want to watch. But watching Jerome Booger possibly die from uh, exposure, and uh, the last one, and probably the more sensible of my options, is at the end of the game, a quarterback can't take a knee. Plays are live. Play the yeah, game. Yeah, I like that too. Yep. No, hate that. Just nah. score more points before then. If you want to take it knee, fair enough, but somebody still gets to smash you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's true, because if you take the ball into the corner, someone can go through the back flaw, of you. Flaw take the yellow law, flag. <laughs> Just have that. Absolute flaw. All you then have to do is, rather than a knee, you take a lie, and you get the ball, and you lie down. And as soon as they tap you, it plays over. It's, what, as soon as you land, a 350-pound yeah, lineman you. lands on you. <laughs> But they can't if of an un, uh, unnecessary roughness. They can absolutely yeah. hammer you. Yeah, <laughs> I would like I would like them wanting to get on top of the other shoulders and to do a Jimmy Snooker splash <laughs> right on top of the quarterback. I like the fact that you offered an incredible choice as your second one. I think your first choice is is valuable because I think it's it's an outdoor sport. And, you know, not playing indoors, you know, it, it opens up to the elements. The reason why they'll never go for it is the fact that America has numerous hurricanes throughout the season that also, like it. in Vegas, like the conditions are too hot to play in the desert in August and September would suck. That would you know, the thing, the thing Miami, I don't like Miami, about the fact Miami's is that they've always... Let's, let's see what happens, Cam. It's like fucking hungry. <laughs> the opposite They're getting of, paid enough money. The opposite of Jerome Booger in Minnesota in December is seeing players wilt in the September heat of uh, Las Vegas. 40 degrees. Uh, beautiful. They've never played, they've never played a, a, a Super Bowl in a cold-weather city outdoors, yes, apart from in New York. There was the one in New York. Yeah. And they had they reserved the right to move that Super Bowl in case it was a snow game. Yeah. And you know, people go, oh, snow games are crap. Oh, bad weather snow games game, are crap. Snow games are shit. Yeah, they are. No, sorry. It's an entertainment product. No, no. no. Bear Seahawks this week. Bear Seahawks this week looked like it was going to be amazing. Snow is powering down. They're fucking having to shovel it off the field, all that stuff. And then the snow stopped before the game kicked off. 
And what you got 10 minutes in that game was slush everywhere and a horrible, horrible football game. Yeah, but that was because they were horrible, bad, horrible bad teams weather playing. Fo- bad weather football is shit. It's The snow was like about fucking three feet deep. It's brilliant. It was great. If you're going to get extreme, love it. Great. If it's not extreme, bad weather I football I don't want that shit. for my Super Bowl. I don't want that for a Super Bowl, though. Right? Nah, well, it doesn't have to be glossy all the time. I think... You oh, want, can, can you imagine a bit of ice and snow is all good. Try to do a halftime show in the snow. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, Cameron prefers the Super Bowls where they can shut off the lights halfway through. Absolutely, that was great. Some, it was some, some level of respectability. <laughs> My Christ, by the way, Woofed. Right, we're going to get out of the questions. We've covered a load there. Um, this one simply. Uh, and who does it come from? So can we? So Cameron, can we take the? Can we take a moment just to uh, thank the people for sending these questions in because they've been absolutely fantastic and it shows the football knowledge and the creativity of the people listening to the podcast. So thank you to them for doing that. Absolutely, yep. and I think and their knowledge is far greater than ours. Yep, you've genuinely lined up the next question brilliantly because Johnny Bailey asks who would win out of a team of Camerons versus a team of Gordons. Would not no. score a point. Whatever, I think whatever oh. the competitive thing is. I think I think for this question, I don't think Cameron and Gordon should be allowed to decide or right. have a vote on this. Fine. So yeah. the other four members of the podcast. So Cameron as a running back or quarterback versus Gordon oh, as a white as an offensive line. Cameron is an offensive line to Cameron as a quarterback to Cameron as a running back to Cameron wide receivers and a Cameron tight end up against Gordon, who's 11 Gordons on the other side. The problem we have, Charles, is both of them have got effeminate hands. They can't be quarterback. <laughs> run the ball. Run the this ball. Is, but- this is horribly accurate. <laughs> yes, it is. cannot see. If we both hold up our hands. Tiny hands. We both have tiny hands. So we're running the ball every single Absolutely. time. Absolutely. <laughs> The question is, do you wheel on Jamie to kick the extra point if you happen to no, manage no, to score touchdowns? No, and I'm a better kicker than he is. The question is Cameron's <laughs> versus Gordon's. If if it came down to if it came down to the crunch, neither of you are gonna score a touchdown. If it comes down to field goal, then Gordon <laughs> is the better kicker. It's Gordon by default. Guys, you do know there is a song called Tiny Hands, and actually the full title is We Don't Want Your Tiny Hands Anywhere Near Our Underpants. There you go. <laughs> I do have very small hands. It's it's quite a worry, I'll be perfectly. But I've, I'm a very good catch of the ball. As you saw from that punt catch where I dived to receive it, almost taking out multiple children on the sideline. Yeah. You know, it's like a yeah. catch a ball. The, the, child, the child killer, yes. <laughs> look, in the, look in the plus side, uh, Cameron, when you're, you're, your wife's not around and you're pleasuring yourself. It, it does look incredibly impressive with your your rescue hands. It, it, it Oh. We, we, we have on. hit a so, new low. <laughs> currently, 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 you don't get to say moving on. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say moving on to like the next person. Ian, who who do you think wins the game of uh, a game of Cameron's or Gordon's? <sighs> NFL is all about leverage, and I think Gordon's lower body power could probably carry it in the trenches. You but underestimate my lower body power, by the way. If I'm, if I'm, no, no, I'm not. I've, oh. I've tested you scientifically. Um, I, if I'm going for the after, after game press conference excuse, then I think Cameron would be far better at 
swaying the disappointed fans than Gordon would be. Um, more so are, are you are you picking Cameron to beat no, me? No, I'm not finished yet. I'm still, I'm still thinking. Uh, both of your both of your magoos, which will count against you, got a helmet on. <laughs> Um, I, I just can't I can't visualise this nightmare that is 11 Gordons <laughs> versus 11 Camerons it's See, just, do you know I'm going to I'm going to have to pick scary. it's like a horrible pick, sci-fi movie I, I have to pick Cameron because Gordon A will start arguing with Gordon B over <laughs> the who's got a higher draft worth a fullback or a punt no because we all agree and the game the game will bypass him so I think I would have to go with Cameron because Gordon just argues. I, I've just realised that as I've, I've thought of another reason why Cameron would win because Gordon doesn't value running backs, so he wouldn't have a running back. <laughs> She's going to try. And no, because it's just be... me and Cameron. There's no, there's no value. There's no, you have no choice of an additional running you would, back. You would, you would play five wide, and none of your players would be able to catch the ball. So. No, 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 no. And this is where the running backs don't matter thing is wrong. <laughs> running backs don't matter is not running backs don't exist they exist it just doesn't matter if you draft one in round one or run five round five okay so inconclusive on that one thanks johnny for your question um if well can- we've got we've got two more people that can answer all right okay paul jamie oh. <laughs> no 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 we need we need i need i need answers i need here. a commitment need- as well here well i would say it was just despite um Gordon's playful, almost flirtatious um, attempt to troll me about the Giants this week, um, I would uh, say that Cameron probably would would come out on top. Mitchell? Right, well, I think what we've got to do is we've got to work it out scientifically. So that's what we're going to do. So, Yes, we do. The, The Urban Dictionary has Hobbes defined as the best juicer. Um, so you would be the Hobbes juicers up against the McGuinness. Well, McGuinness would have to be the stouts. And, uh, well, He's definitely stout. And, and for the alcoholic content alone, I think that would win it for me. There we go. <laughs> so are we saying it's a tie? It's a tie. It's oh, inconclusive. Let's move on. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I've got two more that I'm going to go to because there's, there's some crackers in here, but let's do two more. I'm going to give you this question. I'm going to give you time to think about it. And then, so we'll come back to it. So Phelps Spears has said, I believe some of you are members of the Scottish Malt Whiskey Society. So we'll understand that they give their bottles weird and wonderful names. How would you describe your NFL team in terms of a Scottish Malt Whiskey Society label? I'll let you ponder on that one because I think it's a cracker question. While we're thinking about that, Kenny Law has also asked, if you could go back in time and attend any Super Bowl, which one would it be? Note, it cannot involve your team or one of your rivals losing. Consider the venue, the halftime show, the weather, and the quality of the game. So while while you think about that, I'm going to give my answer up early, and it is Super Bowl 52. Uh, the Eagles beat the Patriots. Justin Timberlake was a halftime show. It's a bit shit. But in terms of quality Super Bowl and th- just the sheer entertainment value, Super Bowl 52 is the one that I think I'd go to. Also, I got to see the Patriots lose. They're not a rival, but I like to see them lose. Great, great, great outcome. Ian, you can't see it because you're an Eagles fan. I could see it because it would have been brilliant to be at that. Semi at it, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, if I'm choosing a Super Bowl, it's got to be Super Bowl Nine, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Minnesota Vikings. 
because it was the Super Bowl that uh, Bernie, Bernie Ullman was the referee. And I, I've never seen a, a referee like him uh, in the Super Bowl. The way he called for first downs, just his arm action. It was just a joy to behold, and that has to be the Super Bowl for me. <laughs> Charles? Uh, I would say the probably the first one I actually watched with any degree of interest, which was Kevin Dyson, one yard short. I would say um, the Rams, yeah. Tennessee Titans, which was an amazing game. And, uh, you know, Kurt Warner and the, the greatest show on turf, brilliant game. I can't even remember who the halftime show was and I couldn't care less, but it was a brilliant game. And that was, that was the game that really got me into the NFL. And that was 22 years ago. So probably that one, I would say. Halftime show was Christina Aguilera, Tony Braxton, Phil Collins, Enrique Iglesias, oh. and Edward James Olmos. That's superb. What a lineup. Faith Hill did the national anthem. Fantastic. Well, there you go. Jackpot. Great game. Great finish. Happy days. Great. Phil Collins. Superb. <laughs> he was singing, though. He wasn't drumming. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Jamie Gordon. Oh, no. Paul. Anyone? Uh, Super Bowl 51 uh, James White broke the record for receptions in a Super Bowl now context when all our mates get together to watch the Super Bowl we draw two names out of, hat of receivers or running backs um, and if they catch the ball we have to do a shot and if they score a touchdown everyone does a shot but if it's your guy who scores a touchdown you have to do two shots so in I think James White received the ball 28 times. I think I did, I think I did 32 shots. By half time, I was rolling about on the kitchen floor trying to make chili. Um, and the next day, I had to phone my dad to get him to look after my son because I was incapable of doing so. Uh, so that's, that's quite a memorable Super Bowl for me. I was going to say, you want to go to that just so you can remember it, probably. So, I can't remember it at all. Um, but for that reason, extremely memorable. Do you know, some people have bad experience with alcohol and they smell tequila and they'll maybe start being sick. If you hear the names James White, do you just start immediately projective vomiting? <laughs> I, 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 I start twitching, yes. And um, I, you know, no, I, yeah, it's a shocker. Can we get James White in the podcast and see what happens? <laughs> I'll do my best. Gordon, Paul? I would go for the first Eli win over the Patriots. So, Plexigo the... Burris. No, that was the second, I think. No, that no, was the first Plaxico one. David Tyree first. and Plexigo Burris. Tyree, Tyree is the helmet catch, but Plexigo went off in that one. So was, what, which one? The, what, the helmet catch is... The second one. David. No, 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 no. no, no David Tyree no, was the, the helmet one. catch. Was the first 2007. one. 2007. Tyree, the helmet catch, and Plaxico. That, that, that's the one. It's oh. Plaxico that catches the, the winning touchdown, but it's yep. the Tyree yes. catch that's known for. And then he and went the, and um, shot himself in the leg the following season, if I remember well, right. We're aiming, we're aiming for the positive here, Charles. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Bob Papa's call, which was Manning takes the snap, back to throw, under pressure, avoids the rush, and he's going to pause, fight out of it, Still fights out of it. Now throws deep downfield, wide open to Tyree, who makes the catch at the 24-yard line. What a play by Manning. That was, for me growing up, one of the most incredible Super Bowls to watch because that Patriots team were really good. Well, they'd um, gone 16 and 0. Like, there was no reason for the Giants to win that game. 
And they did. Oh. And it came out of nowhere. And Eli Manning, Eli Manning winning two Super Bowls is one of the most incredible things in the world because he was not that good a quarterback in the NFL. And he won two Super Bowls. But that's he was absolutely phenomenal in both of those Super Bowls. For, for, and the funny thing is, though, you didn't score that many points neither. But he played really well in both. No, yeah. Um, halftime entertainment was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Oh, no, Petty. At, least, at least I know Love Paul it. agrees with me that it's an acceptable Super Bowl show. <laughs> that's that, superb. That, that certainly is. I like for that Tom one. to tell us he'd go to the last one because the weekend was one not to miss. Paul, which Super Bowl are you going back to? <sighs> There's a couple here, Cameron, that I really like, but I think I would go back to one of the ones that I remember, the earliest ones I remember. So that would be January 24th, 1982, uh, San Francisco defeating Cincinnati 26-21 in the Pontiac Silverdome. I mean, that was a, a tremendous game. If you want to go halftime show, you've got to go with Prince. I don't think there's much doubt about that. That was uh, Super Bowl 41, the Colts and the Bears. Yes. That would have been highly acceptable um, as well. So either, I mean, I've, I've, I'm just looking through the whole list of the ones that I would have liked to have gone to. I mean, in, in most recent times, probably 2013, simply because it was in Louisiana, it was in the Superdome, which is amazing, and the Ravens beating the 49ers in, you know, what was a pretty memorable game back in 2013. I think it was Beyonce, though, that was on the halftime show. So not so great, perhaps. So last question then, coming back around Scottish Malt Whiskey Society. They like to give their whiskies weird and wonderful names. Using that template, how would you describe your NFL team this season? Mine would be ultimately fucked. Like <laughs> the Ninjas. <laughs> I, I don't think and we I, can beat that, guys. And, and, I'll, and I'll defy you to tell me that one... That's not wrong. And two, it's also Scottish Malt Whiskey Society appropriate because I've seen some of the names yes. as a, as a yeah. Scottish Malt Whiskey Society member and some of them are absolute nonsense. That would fit perfectly. So it was ultimately fucked by injuries. And COVID. And COVID. And COVID, right, okay. <laughs> My, mine would be no redeeming features. <laughs> oh, I like that as well. I I think mine is Jimmy's swan song gone wrong. Um, it's probably what I would put mine down as. I think for the the Eagles, I think we would be a, a fragrant dose of the runs. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fair play. Oh, oh, tremendous. Okay, right, Charles, Paul. Mm. Oh, that's the toughest. It's a toughie. Uh, I think you'd probably find our bottle was empty, no matter what. (laughs) What was in it? Um, Promised little, delivered just that. Promised little. Delivered just that. Yeah, that would be mine. Throw the Jeopardy line. Throw the Jeopardy line. (laughs) Toe. Toe the Jeopardy line. Toe the Jeopardy line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Can okay. I suggest that? Can I suggest that the Saints one might have been better as Jameis was our best option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Hang on. I, I oh. actually had Jameis gone. Was the was 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 what I'd actually written as well as in J E M E S 
Jim is gone. Jim is yeah. gone. Jim's gone. So that, that was the other option. Right. We've reached the end. And well done, anyone that's listened to this all the way through. Two, two you might have to put this out in two parts, mate. I think <laughs> part one and part two. But before we finish, Paul, James Winston was the best quarterback for the Saints this season. Can you admit that even now? No, because he wasn't. <sighs> what? That's the, that's the full-time whistle for the second annual Pishcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Please share your thoughts on this. Let us know how you did in the quiz. On all the, sc- all the scores, there's a lot of shaking of heads going on here. Um, thank you for all of the interactions. We hope you had an amazing Christmas. Thank you to all the listeners and all the people that have interacted with us this year. Uh, keep doing so. At Scotland NFL on Twitter and search for NFL Scotland on Facebook. My thanks to Jamie, to Gordon, to Charles, to Ian, and to my co-host Cameron, who stayed remarkably unsober through most of it. We're going to send him back out into the wide world to replenish his alcohol stock ahead of New Year. We wish Charles well as he recovers from his COVID and the isolation that he is under. I will see you all in 2022. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.